0: Welcome to episode one of Realm and Ruin, a Warhammer forty K and Age of Sigmar podcast, with a little sprinkling of Warhammer fantasy as and when we need to. Um I'm your host Matt for this one and I'll be joined by Cameron. How are you doing, sir?
1: Hello, uh, I am I am a tired, <laughs> tired boy. It's been a busy <laughs> Sunday for me. Uh but but not an unsuccessful one. And Excellent. I'm looking forward to having having a good chat today.
0: <laughs> good, good. So you're not too tired for a bit of Warhammer.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's only like 20 to 8. I can't fall asleep
0: yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's still morning over our end, so we're, we're still mm. getting over the snow. So, luckily, it's not impacted Ooh. us recording this episode because I was a bit worried for a while that, um, yeah. you know, the, yeah. our. Uh, the beast from the east, as we've uh, had, not well, the beast of Armageddon, yeah. the beast of the east for, for us.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, actually, so, I mean, the weather's being interfering with all kinds of things. Uh, I did a recording for Monster to Monster last night, and one of mm-hmm. our guests couldn't show up because an ice storm knocked out his entire town's power. apparently. Oh wow!
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, well, that's the thing, isn't it? You, you sort of you got to think that as much as important as and as much as we want to do these shows uh you know there's more important things there's like there's people Life local to us that yeah exactly there's people here that you know didn't have access to water just a couple of my friends mm. locally said didn't wow. have access to it so wow. yeah it's so it was good in some sense because it allowed us to some of us in my case not to be at work and can use that time to uh, build some uh, miniatures so <laughs> and such like so yeah that's all good um right yeah so this is our sort of first main episode um we did do a episode zero a couple a week or so ago um so if you're um not ever got around to actually listening to that you're more than welcome to go listen to it it's basically a half an hour of cameron and i just talking about our backgrounds in warhammer how we got into it and plans for the show so it basically meant we didn't have to put it in this episode and (laughs) you can listen to it exactly absolutely um and also secondly it was quickly before we go into the bulk of the show um i just want to give a big thanks to anyone that's given us any feedback um any suggestions because even though we've only been around for five minutes, in the grand scheme of things, we've already had some suggestions of future episodes from listeners, and also just general, you know, looking forward to what we're about to do. So that's we're just really grateful that you know already we've had people showing a positive interest. So that's really cool. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So um right. So first section we're going to do on this one is the the hobby section. So Cameron, what you've been what you've been doing in the Warhammer world? What you've been working on?
1: Uh, I have been dreaming. And having aspirations to greater things because it's still a couple of weeks. Oh no, it's still a week and a half till I get paid for the first time this year. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: yeah, because I forgot it's your uh, it's your summer, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, there's that, and there's also the place I work at, which is a school. Uh, I interact with children, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, we get paid on a month by month basis, which is mm. great on that one day of the month where you get a big lump sum, and then the rest of the month is like, ah. Oh, I have no money. <laughs> <laughs> I've um, actually now, yeah. It's
0: funny. It's funny you say that because I I feel now I've got a, I have to have a Warhammer budget. So you've got things yeah. like mortgage bills and and all mm. the other utilities and such like. And then I'm like, right, okay. So I need to actually put a budget aside because it's so easy to spend yeah. a lot of money in this oh, hobby. It is. Um, well, even if it's it just is. the you know the material, even if it's just the books and the other side of things, mm. let alone the actual miniatures. Yeah. I mean, it's all worth it in the end. But yeah, you oh, can yeah. absolutely ply through it. it and can up. add up. Absolutely, and I've got to keep my wife in check about it as well. <laughs> I have to sort of say, no, I'm not spending that much." <laughs>
2: oh
1: dear. Um. Yeah. So. So. Minus. I. Minus. Been a month of theoretical. Uh. Forty k and a single like hobby. it. Uh. With the with the Daughters of Cain release, I've been dreaming of some beautiful, uh, terrifying women with knives. Uh. <laughs> <are. laughs> um. I really love. The new stuff they come out, especially the Marathi kit, mm-hmm. is yep. awesome. Gorgeous. Um, absolutely gorgeous. It's gigantic as well. Uh <laughs> it's sitting on a 100mm base. What's, the, the, what's uh, the, the, um, the
0: price like for you over there?
1: Uh, it is $220 Australian, but there is an on- online retailer with an okay discount, which cuts it down far below that, so oh, I nice. will probably be using that to get it. Good plan. Because yeah. I might also buy more than one
0: no-
2: Ooh. eventually.
0: Why? Why why are Uh, you even going to buy more than one? uh,
1: So, Marathi is (coughs) wonderful and beautiful and all that, but just, (laughs) just, just thinking outside the box, she could be a demon primarch like Fulgrim.
0: Oh, hello. I like your thought process there
1: big wings yeah. big snake tail yes you do is put like maybe the demon prince upper torso and yes. forearms with lots of swords and a nice pretty face
0: but yeah that's the thing uh, and what, what were you thinking about the face because obviously full grim has yeah. to look beautiful so what yeah, would we do? yeah
1: yeah mm. uh, i'm not too sure on that yet um I, I would need something to scale so i'd need something bigger so i'm not 100 yeah. 100 certain on that uh, I will look around and see if there's any, like, really handsome giant miniatures around somewhere, maybe. Who knows? It may be uh, worth
0: um, looking at, like, Forge World, maybe, or, mm, like, said, so something yeah. that's outside of Games Workshop, potentially. Yeah. Like I, said, I, did, obviously...
1: mm, I could see if, like, maybe check eBay for the old Inquisitor range, 54 little mm. right, bits, see if yeah, have any good faces from that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we'll see.
2: That That's oh, yeah, far got... future thinking. Yeah, I like it <laughs> so, though. Yeah.
0: See, that's good. See, so, yeah, I can imagine mm. a few people listening will be like, ooh, now that's an
2: idea.
1: Yeah, thought about it. Feel free yeah. to steal away. I'm sure yeah. plenty of people have already thought of it. I don't claim ownership of the idea.
0: <laughs> well, that's the thing, isn't it? That's a brilliant thing about the internet, That especially when we were uh, growing up, and obviously the internet mm. wasn't as um, prevalent. And it's just a fact, yeah. especially for me, anyway, being older, where the only inspiration you really got was from people in your local games workshop or hobby store whereas now um you know you can just be on reddit or any other website and and some of the ideas you're like wow why have i not thought of that or (laughs) or like i said it just encourages you to to do your own thing or something similar and it's it's absolutely fantastic there's just i can spend hours just looking online just looking at pictures even on the actual um games workshop website the uh yeah, the sort of yeah. section that's devoted to where people can put like instagram photos on and they do like mm. a stream of it it's just yeah. great just looking through really even good. if it's color schemes you know you can get some really mm. good stuff mm. going
1: yeah and that was mean like a few years after i first got into the hobby that was what i did i was on like a few different forums and i would just interact with people from all over the world and they'd be like this is my idea for modeling and like oh that's so cool i'm gonna do that and young impressionable me would go and attempt to do that uh <laughs> <laughs> Which, hey, uh, I'm grateful that it happened. Uh, I learnt a lot of like practical modelling skills and things like mm-hmm. that, but none of them really turned out that great uh, in the <laughs> yeah. process. I've got some, I've got some hidden away terrible creations that will mm-hmm. never see the light of day again.
0: Uh, <laughs> but no, but that's that's what's great about this hobby is is the experimentation. Mm. And I think what I like as well is you you can go in one of sort of three ways. Really, you can either do something which is akin to the law and just you just you know pushing it that next sort of stage you've got another section where you can do your completely own direction with it or you can do a third one which is sort of similar to the second where you end up doing pushing it in a direction where you're expanding on something that's sort of missing in the law you know in the sense that Mm. you know you go oh well you know there's this rumor isn't there that's been going around oh yeah this is what they would look like if i you know went that way with it so yeah, and that's the thing. Yeah. You know, both both the the you know the forty k and the fantasy slash Age of Sigma worlds are so, mm. especially Age of Sigma yeah. now, where there's so much, oh, yeah. uh, you know, so much law to well, I suppose so much of a playground to play with now that you can do mm. you know so much with it, and it's fantastic in that sense.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and so yeah, you know, I'm thinking about getting some some Daughters of Cain stuff uh Mm -hmm. as well as they look lovely uh things like the witch elves i think would be cool to use for demonettes because i'm trying to do a small Empress children force and i feel Mm -hmm. they would they look they look better than the current demonette models which are less great uh (laughs) yep i'm not a huge fan of the current demonettes uh they're nice in their own way but they could be better
0: yeah they're showing their age a bit i think Though, so yeah the yeah. new ones
1: which is crazy to think because I remember those coming out and going, "Oh wow, the new Chaos Demon gets so cool." <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair to Games Workshop, they yeah. are they are
0: stepping up their game a lot more now with oh, you yeah. know the actual quality especially in the last few years the actual quality of the mm. of the sculpts is fantastic now they're really oh, I mean they've yeah. always been at a, of a of a great standard but they they are definitely to a next level now as we're seeing with mm. you know the releases and especially the the level of releases that are coming out as well they're, they're actually throwing oh, yeah. stuff at us at the moment it's brilliant mm. obviously not for our bank balances uh, as we alluded <laughs> no. to earlier but <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Mm. <laughs> yeah so um, um, yeah yeah, apart from that more theoretical hobbying, uh, I messed around with uh, the Death Watch RPG chapter creation rules and I made a custom chapter, which Yeah. I thought was pretty cool. Uh, I just spent an afternoon messing with it and made like a full page of notes on what this chapter was all about. And the the sort of inspiration for that sort of game, I saw someone on Reddit actually uh, did a set of Sons of the Phoenix Primaris, mm-hmm, I think. Yep, yep. And they, they had a Primaris Ancient, but for the head on that model, they used one of the Stormcast Eternal death masks yep. looking things. And that looks absolutely amazing. And I was like, that's that looks awesome. I would love to do sort of a Space Marine Force with that as a theme where, you know, all the senior members have this kind of helmet. Mm-hmm. And I went from there, I rolled up a chapter and everything sort of blended together and actually seemed to just roll out really well for the idea that was already kind of forming in my head. So, you know, things like they use special mounts from the planet they're on. What kind of planet they're on? Oh, they're on this medieval wasteland planet. Nice. I'm like, oh, the, uh, the Stormcast Eternal Drakoth riders would be great for that. And I don't know what rules I'd use, like a Dreadnought or something for that, maybe. But
0: <laughs> Well, that's the thing. You can go to time with it. Actually, yeah. I think we, we ended up looking at the same Reddit post by the sound of it. Because I remember the, in yeah, the last couple yeah. of days...
1: Yeah, they're done up really nicely with uh, the candles and everything as well on the yeah. Was the was yeah. the
0: Stormcast Eternal Helmet one having holding a banner of some sort? Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Primaris Ancient. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah I've one. seen those. <laughs> Not, yeah, and and they're the thing good. is with the with the Sons of the Phoenix, they are because obviously it's quite a hard job because obviously it's involving a lot of white, which is always yes. a bit of a tricky yeah. thing to paint, and it looks amazing what people have done. I remember i I posted on Twitter um a what a few a month or so ago I think you'd probably you would have seen it the one i t- I took off reddit mm. that I saw and it looked fantastic the job they'd done on yeah it. you yeah, know just it just ridiculous. the level it was amazing and it's just a, such a cool looking chapter and obviously the fact mm. that obviously there's suspicions about them in regard
1: what, to what do you mean they're, uh, they're, they're all faithful sons of Dawn. Dawn. They <laughs> yes, understand that yes. we are all the Emperor's children. here. <laughs> <laughs> wink, wink, wink. <laughs> yeah, it's um,
0: actually sort of coming off on yeah. a slight tangent. It's um, it's it's cool mm. that they that um, there's a bit of them mentioned in the was it the Thousand Suns Codex, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. About the fact that the Thousand, the Thousand Sons are, are sort of basically kidnapping the uh, sons of the mm. Phoenix and using them for experimentation.
2: Yeah, with Where is that I'm go? Is
1: a nod towards Chaos Primaris at some point. No, 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 pretty-
0: that's never going to happen, is it? <laughs>
1: Look, I'm just saying that certain things about the space marine program makes them extremely susceptible to brainwashing and corruption. <laughs>
0: I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, that could be, I think that could be a future topic, i
1: tell you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: And, yeah, and actually, um, I think it, it'll it'll form nicely when we talk about the uh, the Death Watch later as well. So that'll be yeah, uh...
1: yeah, yeah. But no, that that was that's an idea that's been going around my head. And I rolled up this chapter, and everything worked out really well. Especially because I want to do like Primaris and other Marines with Stormcast Eternals heads. And I was thinking of using certain Stormcast models for Empress Children models as well, because it's mm-hmm. sort of more like beautiful and sculpted looking. So I could just take the heads from that, use Noise Marine heads for the. Emperor's Children model, and then when I rolled up the the de- the dire enemy of the chapter, it said a faction of Chaos Space Marines. I was like, perfect! They hate the Emperor's Children. <laughs> <laughs> it's all it's all just it just rolled out really well. Uh, all things considered. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, like I said to you yesterday. Games Workshop loves mm. people like you, Cameron. Where they're, oh, they're like, yeah. "Oh, I get to buy some Primaris Marines and I get to buy some Stormcast Eternals and combine them together and then I mash them together. Yeah, <laughs>
2: be but friends. He, exactly. <laughs> it, it was bound
0: to happen. It's it was inevitable. Yeah. It's um because obviously they're compared to the the Space Marines of Age of Sigma. It was it was inevitable mm. that they'd be used. But then I consider yeah. that a good thing. And again, I think that's one of the great things about the way they're making their models now, especially is the fact that they come in with like separate heads and things because again when i was growing up and into the hobby you you know i remember space marines were basically came in three three parts you have the body with head torso and everything then you put the backpack on the top and then you put the bolter on top Mm. and that was it you had no more real customization whereas obviously Mm -hmm. now you can you know swap and change without having to literally take your scalpel out and or hobby knife and uh, cut Mm. it off so yeah it's really cool Cool. Um anything else you want to be working on or uh, hypothetically working nothing too,
1: on? <laughs> nothing too much nothing too much is brewing. That's my hypotheticals and I think that'll that'll probably be my goals for the year. Like I've got some Gene steel cult <clears throat> models that I still need to finish yeah. cleaning up and painting and things like that. But then I'd like to do just a small like not not huge, maybe even just five hundred points, Empress Children Force, same for a Space Marines Force. Um and then again a small daughter circane and maybe maybe a small uh, death, le- death, allegiance, age of Sigma force mm-hmm. as well. Just because I run D anD D, and skeletons are always useful to have. Oh. Absolutely,
2: this, this if I, is the if thing, I isn't buy it? Them,
1: might as well dual purpose. Yeah,
0: yeah. I don't blame you, and that's the thing, isn't it? You, you, you end up sort of going, "Oh, I want to start a bit of that," and this is the problem, especially. Mm. For people like me, my <laughs> I'm terrible. It's part of my personality where I, I jump yeah. from one thing to another. I, it's just the way I am. I sort of pick things up for five yeah. minutes, put yeah. it down, come back to it. And, you know, I do it with everything, books, video games. Yeah. Um, I can't say women. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my, my wife wouldn't cool. appreciate that. <laughs> um, no, but I. It, it's funny because... I, you know I, with with this sort of hobby it's a nightmare because you you buy a set of more of miniatures and you're like, oh great and then and then you see something else and it's like being a you know, kid in a sweet shop um oh yeah oh uh, yeah so
2: so yeah it's it's
0: yeah nightmare but um yeah um what have i been working on um yeah I, let's see what i've been doing right well i've started to start, to start collecting some tau um I, yeah. I I think when they when they first came out I sort of didn't really take them seriously as uh, as a race not just the lore yeah. but also the miniatures I sort of just saw them as slightly inferior space marines mm. to a degree you know with their suits and stuff and I sort of thought mm, don't really I'm not really feeling them but I think as a, a sort of you know getting back into the hobby and exploring their lore a bit more I've really appreciating them a bit more and the fact that i think games workshop especially now with their codex coming out hopefully next month if that's true um then they're putting a bit more love into them now and now they're expanding them a bit more so i've sort of now yeah. looking at them and i i know i like a lot of people i really like mechs i think they're cool in all sorts really so i think that that's yeah. drawn me towards them but basically i've um i've got i've got a Devilfish, one of their transport Mm. um vehicles which i've still got box but that'll be coming out soon Mm -hmm. um like i said to to you and i said to people on twitter ironically my pathfinders are still lost not well, not lost in the post (laughs) they've just not arrived yet um they were a bit before the adverse weather we had um recently i've it was they were yeah they were a lot well they were just late, so I'm I'm still mm. going to wait and see what happens. You know, give them ben, give the the uh, the postal service the uh, benefit of the doubt. But yeah, they're <laughs> they're on the way. Uh, supposedly, mm. I've got uh, a squad of stealth suits on the way. That's coming oh. on, on with yeah. my daughters of Cain battle tome as well, which Ooh, I want yeah. to talk about hopefully next episode or such like. Um, mm. I've yeah. got a broad broadside battle suit on the way as well that's a ebay bargain um i think that's it really um so that i think then what i'm gonna do is once they've all arrived i'll i'm on the hunt for a, a well-priced uh tau start collecting box and then i'll get probably a tau commander of some, of some sort and that would be quite a good little force for me to start I'm, i haven't pointed it yet but um yeah, yeah. that'll be yeah. now my key thing like i said to you yesterday i need to decide what to do with them because when it as you'll find out throughout all the conversation we have i'm not really a fan of the good guys in both 40k and and uh, age of sigma i like the bad guys which is a bit of a funny subject anyway because who is the bad guys (laughs) sometimes it's a bit (laughs) of a bit of a loaded uh question but i with the tau because you know they are seen to be the the nicest of the races the you know the greater good etc yeah, i i can't yeah. handle that in my you know in my uh in my head i have to have them being slightly rebellious or evil in some sort of way so my next sort of decision i need to make with them which i may put as a twitter poll i'm not sure yet but like i said <laughs> to you i need i'm deciding whether to either a make them like the farsight enclaves and make them sort of you Know we're going off and doing our own thing, you know, as opposed to the rest of the Tau Empire. Secondly, I could make them like pirates, so similar to the Dark Eldar, where they sort of you know raid people, not necessarily yeah. t- uh, torturing people as such, as per the Dark Elder, but just be you know, just sort of causing it being a nuisance, um, and even maybe mm-hmm. their own race. Or I can go all the way yeah. and make them chaos, chaos Tao. <laughs> that could be, and just, you know, just take them yeah. all that way. Um Which is supposedly rumored, actually. If you start seeing some of the things that are coming out about mm. the new codex, there's sort of rumors about them. Maybe you get involved with, uh, you know, faster than light travel, therefore having access yeah. to the warp, yeah. maybe, and therefore could be corrupted. So, hmm, I don't yeah. know. It'd be yeah. interesting. There, we'll...
1: there are rumors abounding. Uh, exactly. I think, it was, I think it's the current White Dwarf for this month had a little... Thing where it's like yes. the Tau have expanded way beyond their usual limits. Yes. How did they do this? Some evil thingamajig, ooh. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Yeah, which, which has been a big thing with the Tau up until recently, obviously, is that they've always been just in this one little corner of the galaxy. And they're, they're, they're a semi-popular force, but I feel they've never been as popular just because they're not one of the big movers and shakers, because they can't travel faster than light like literally every other... <laughs> <laughs> race in the game <laughs> they they kind of just skim and they get very fast but there still takes them centuries to get anywhere that you can get within a week in a normal imperial ship yeah uh, yeah <laughs> and goodbye. so they've had a very slow expansion rate and yeah then this this rumors of they've suddenly reached to the other side of the galaxy is like did they accidentally punch through into the warp and just pop up on the other side who
0: knows well sadly uh, there's 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 sort of rumors that they may have discovered a way to go through the the webway as well ooh, the um that's, that's interesting one. Yeah, yeah that's yeah i'd be i'd be intrigued to know where they go with this because I, I think it's necessary because i think the town need to be brought forward compared to some of the other mm. races they've yeah. sort of been a bit neglected um and also it's just so people can take them a bit more seriously as a race because if yeah. at the end of the day if they're sort of secluded in their own little part of the of the galaxy they're not re- you know what what threats are they going to be? And, you know, to me, yeah, every race has to be a sort of threat, you know, not, not necessarily mm. to the full scale as chaos or the Tyranids, for example, but yeah. it, they yeah. need to have some sort of impact. Otherwise they just won't get taken seriously, both from a model perspective mm. and from a law perspective. So no, I'd be, I'd, you know, it'd be interesting to see what they do with that, but you know, we'll, we'll cover that we'll as and when stuff yeah. comes out. Um, so yeah, <laughs> so that's happening with the Tau. Um, Carrying on with the Tao subject, I've just recently read the short novel uh, "The Greater Evil," um, which oh. is a Tao novel about um, so sort of about corruption and how they interact with mm. um, when they've uh, liberated imperial guardsmen into their ranks and yeah. how they yeah. interact. It's it's quite good. it's only it's only about fifty pages. It's not massive. Um, yeah. Um, what I'm going to plan to do is do a short little review for it and you know, put it on our website and sort of just mm. get people looking at it. Because it's quite, you know, if you've got interest in the tower, it's quite an interesting little story. Again, it's not very long. You'll you'll cover it in an hour or so. But it's definitely yeah. worth, worth reading. So that's um, what I've been reading. Um, I think the last thing I've been working on, which is what I was working on yesterday, actually because uh, of the snow and i couldn't really go out is um <laughs> for christmas my wife bought me the 140 40k first strike box um you know which Ooh, is one of the little yeah. starter sets because i think to yeah, be fair yeah. she just wanted to get me something warhammer related and didn't know what to get me so i thought oh i'll get him that yeah, yeah. <laughs> it looks nice um you know which uh for anyone that know it comes with uh six marines um it comes with three death guard and six Poxwalkers, walkers um and it's a nice little set actually and it comes with you know things like a bag of dye um dyson the the, the box turns into like a little bit of terrain and you get the little, little mini rule book and all that sort of stuff so it's just a proper little start set um so my plan is i put I, I put them all together yesterday um problem is with the weather i can't really spray paint at the moment because it's too yeah. cold for that um so they're sort mm-hmm. of just glued ready but yeah i think My plan is with the Primaris Marines is to have an attempt at at painting them in uh, Sons of the Phoenix that we were talking about a minute ago Um, and sort of just experiment with them really. Because there are yeah. only a few models, um, the Death Guard will mm. just go with the, the the amount of Death Guard I've already got. That's again, that's another army yeah, that yeah. I've sort of half built, so that will go <laughs> with them. <laughs> See, that's what I told you. Pick it yeah, up, put it yeah. down. <laughs> um, nah. Yeah, and then so yeah, they'll be they'll it, pu- purely be used as uh, an experiment, really, at the moment. Yeah. So, yeah. but it's so uh, it's a nice set. Yeah,
1: here's the question with the Primaris: Are you going to do? Uh, are you going to try, I should say, to model the, uh, the little candles that they all have on their backpacks for Sons of the Phoenix?
0: Yeah, I am going to try that. Um, I, how I'm going to go about it, I don't know. Um, I'm going yeah. to, I'm going to hunt around and see what people have been doing. Cause obviously there's a few options. It could be actually mm. trying to find them, um, in other, you know, other sort of yeah, things, other hobby related things or I could maybe try green stuff, but I don't, Yeah, I, I don't really what? fancy that.
1: What I would suggest is to get sort of, um, maybe, I think skewers would be too thick, but uh, toothpicks. And cut them down to size, super glue them on, and then get liquid green stuff. Mm. Uh, mix it with water and paint it on so you get the dribble at the bottom. That's and it a good forms idea. like a smooth candle over Yeah. It.
0: Oh, I like that idea. And
1: if it doesn't work out, it's liquid green stuff so you can very easily just gently scrape or brush scrape it off. Scrape
0: off, Yeah. Yeah. Ah, Yes, that's an idea. Mm. Yeah, I know what I'm thinking about this afternoon. No green stuff so far. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) No, I like that idea. Yeah. Yeah, No, I will do that because I I think it'd be silly not to. Because ultimately, that's part of their look. So yeah, I will definitely do that. Mm. Cool. No. Awesome. That's good idea. Right. uh, (laughs) Anything else hobby related or?
1: Um, no, just, on. just long, long sighs and looking into the distance as I wait. <laughs> wait for baby Day, it's coming. <laughs> yeah. Awesome.
0: Cool. Right. Okay. Um, well, we'll just have a quick little break, um, and then we'll go back into the news. So we're back shortly.
2: Yeah.
0: Hello and welcome back from that short little break. Um, like I said, we're going to talk in what's in the news at the moment and, mm. This has got to be about the Daughters of Cain because they're the uh, the big release at the moment, as of this recording, they came out yesterday, I believe. Um I think it's well, there's a few more still on pre order, but the main bulk of them came yeah. out yesterday. Um yep. so yeah, the Daughters of Cain uh go like, out for the Age for Age of Sigmar, they're a release of well, a subsection of the Dark Elves. And one thing I must say, and I'm gonna probably say this a few times. They look gorgeous. <laughs> All gorgeous. The
1: models look gorgeous.
0: They look amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah, so what's your overall thoughts on them?
1: Uh, I really, really like them. The new mm. models are great. The um, the older models, which are from sort of the tail end of Warhammer Fantasy, are also really fantastic still. Yep. They've really held up over the last, oh god, like eight, se- seven or eight years.
0: <laughs> mm, yep.
1: Yeah. Um. I, I Like I said earlier, uh, I'm thinking of just picking up which elves to use partially as demonettes, uh, because I think they just look really cool, they suit the job, you know, two close combat weapons, lots of hair, running fast.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they've got a lot of hair, haven't they? Well, apart from the Sisters oh, of Silence, do. who are hidden behind masks, but yeah, they've got mm. a damn, damn fine hair on them.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, there's. I think it might be a new paint scheme they did for the um the reboxings, but um if you look at the Hag Queen on Cauldron of Blood, they've got this great two tone sort of red. That and is light. amazing,
0: isn't it? Yeah, the pink
1: yeah, and white. Yeah, oh, that's great.
2: Which is looks Ooh. like an
1: awesome way to do it. Um, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, these, these <laughs> Yeah, uh, like I said, these kits. I don't own any of them. I already love all of them. <laughs> uh, i i I especially really like the Cauldron of Blood slash Bloodrak Shrine kit. Um, yep. First of all, because it is probably the best value for money you're going to get in a kit, because mm-hmm. you can build, oh my god, like five different units with one model with a bit of clever magnetization. Yeah. Because there's the Cauldron of Blood mounted by a Hag Queen or by a Slaughter Queen, so that's two different units there. Mm-hmm. You can also have it as a Blood Rack Shrine with the Medusa on top instead, in which case you can have the Hag Queen and Slaughter Queen on foot, and the Avatar of Cain on foot. And if you build it as a Cauldron of Blood, you can have the Medusa on foot.
0: <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? Which they, is This is the, the way they should be going yeah. with things. In, I know they are. It's brilliant where they can make them this, with this much customization. And they all look yeah. good as well i mean i yeah. like said when you're looking at them you, you especially the like you said the the cauldron of blood you feel like you have to magnetize them because i'd be like mm. oh, but i want that version oh no no i want that version because <laughs> i mean yeah. you, you first saw the cauldron of blood with the the statue of um of Cain at the back which looks amazing yeah. and then when i saw the the blood rack one with the um what's what she called the enormous the, medusa yeah the blood yeah, Rack that, medusa she looks amazing yeah. figure I, you know oh um, they just look so good.
1: <laughs> mm, they really I ma- do.
0: I imagine they'll take a long time to put together. I think it's like ninety five yeah. components. Um
1: yeah. now not only are they looking good, uh, I have watched a battle report with the new battle tome and hmm. the cold the cauldron is ridiculous. Um in one turn, uh the cauldron of blood killed a bloodthirster. Wow. <laughs> and the bloodthirster was the charging unit
0: <laughs> really oh yeah okay
1: uh, i was i was it, i was very surprised um so the, so the way it works in the new battle tome is the avatar needs to be prayed to for the first two turns to be mm-hmm. activated uh but from turn 3 on it self activates as the battle sort of goes along and the you know power of the fallen sort mm-hmm. of reanimates it but you can take a warlord trait uh, if the cauldron of blood is your warlord, mm-hmm. uh, or general pardon, which activates the avatar a turn earlier, so it treats all the bonuses as being one turn further along, basically. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so it was turn two, and the corn player went, I'll get that cauldron of blood out of the way before the avatar activates. <laughs> <laughs> Charged in and got demolished. Wow.
0: That's amazing. <laughs> it was
1: really, it was crazy to watch. Just, just like the look on the guy's face when he went, ah, oh. <laughs> I, I made a mistake there
0: actually it's funny you say that actually because it's reminded me of a bit of feedback that we've received actually on Twitter, which is quite cool. Uh, Andrew, who is at one up saves uh, he has said, "Daughters of Cain are literally glass cannons of awesome, and I want them." <laughs> and he's done the best hashtags well the hashtag support naked murder elves <laughs> that's <is> amazing <laughs> no um, the reason i said that is that they do come across like they're going to be glass cannons that's sort of where uh, i was yeah, going with that absolutely yeah,
1: yeah. um th- they won the battle i watched but they also took ridiculous casualties so They they have ways around that, like, on later turns they'll ignore, like, morale tests Mm -hmm. and things like that, as they sort of really get into the fight, but they have generally pretty poor saves, uh, not you know, super high durability overall so, I I mean except for Morathi, who is as of now, really the most durable unit in Age of Sigmar, I think
0: (laughs) Yeah, she is gorgeous that uh, that miniature, it really is I love the fact that they come with two of them
1: Oh, yeah, it's great. But just just the rule that you can only ever take three wounds a turn is crazy. I know. That's,
0: that is, yeah, I <laughs> yeah. heard that, actually. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Um, how many wounds has she got, actually? I don't know. I
1: just... uh, she has six in her fair form. Okay. And when she transforms into the Medusa, she takes those over and doubles them. So if she's taken two as regular little Marathi, she'll have taken four yeah. as the big one. And the big one has 12 total. Wow. So if you transform her immediately, she's around for four turns minimum.
0: That is awesome. Because some some matches don't even last that long. (laughs) Yeah. That is really
1: good. And yeah, in the in the same battle report, all she did all game was she charged a unit of six blood crushers, so the um the humans on the juggernauts Hmm. and just turn by turn decimated them. Wow. Like each turn she'd take out one and a half, you know, and uh, you know, in Age of Sigma, that's pretty ridiculous that <laughs> anything just kind of stands there for three or four turns in a row, getting hit by a bunch of juggernauts.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I, I think my I think of my of the actual units um, apart from Marathi, I think my favourite mm-hmm. ones are the Sisters of Slaughter. They look fantastic as they well. They, cool. Those masks yeah. on them look terrifying, and the, they come mm-hmm. with uh, whips and bucklers. They look yep. awesome.
1: Uh... They can also... They used to only be able to take whips and bucklers. They can also instead take whips and knives now mm-hmm. for an extra attack, which is pretty cool. Uh, they've done some sort of general changes like that, like the witch elves can, instead of taking two knives, take a knife and a buckler. Yep. Uh, they've changed like versatility a little bit. Which I think uh, they need. But the, I think they need. Yeah, that's that's yeah. important now. Yeah. And sisters slaughter really cool as well. Uh, mm-hmm. The bucklers are fun because if you get wounded... Uh, and you make a save above a certain amount, you deal a mortal wound back Mm -hmm. as you sort of just stab whoever's attacking you. And they can also, um, so you know about piling in, where at the end of a combat, nearby troops can sort of move in. And normally they can only do that three inches. Uh, The sisters can do that from six inches. So they can take a free six-inch move to get into combat at the end of each turn, Mm. basically. Which, which sure, which, which makes
0: sense, doesn't <laughs> it? Going in with how they, you know, they just want to get stuck in. Mm. They, you know, they just want to mm. murder everyone. So, as uh, yeah, as yeah. Andrew said, <laughs> the murderer, <laughs> the murder elves. So yeah, that is yeah, really exactly. cool. There's just yeah, like I said, overall yeah. they look fantastic. The the uh, the oh, new yeah. ones that are for pre-order, which are the blood sisters and the blood stalkers, which are uh, obviously mm. very Medusa themed, look amazing as well. Obviously, yeah. both on both kits, you can oh, decide to make yeah. them either sisters or. Uh, which comes with yeah. uh, pole arms, or like you can, or yeah. with the or glaive, yeah. with or with uh, bows. There's oh, there's an amazing, amazing mm. miniature here where they they're carrying a heart in their left hand as well, which looks yeah. absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Oh,
1: those God. guys look so great. The um the sisters particularly because mm-hmm. the stalkers have like the witch elf style faces with the little crown, but the open face. Yep. But the sisters have these Sisters of Slaughter style masks, Mast, yeah. but with twisting snakes as well. Yeah. And they just look absolutely amazing. They look...
2: Um,
1: yeah. <laughs> also very good in game. Again, these new units are pretty good. Um, the Blood Sisters, so the close combat mm-hmm. Medusa, have a thing called Crystal Touch, where if they hit with that one attack, uh, they just instantly deal a mortal wound, which, you know, no saves. Nope. Carries over. Mm-hmm. Which is really cool. Um, and the leader of the unit doesn't get an extra attack; she gets a bonus to hit. So for her, she's hitting on I think like a three plus with that to just reach out and do an instant extra ins- instant extra model wound, mm-hmm. which is pretty ridiculous. Yeah, that would
0: soon stack up. Yeah,
1: that is. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah I, th- um, I, th- I think. Um. There's
1: also the. Ooh, yeah, go ahead. No, I was
0: going to say that I I think that a lot of people are going to start collecting this army. I think both because oh, of yeah. the visual side of things, but also how how uh, powerful they're going to be on the uh, from a uh, gaming point of view as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, we've also got the Kinnerai, which are sort of the carryover from the old Dark Elf Harpies, mm-hmm. but they look much better. Uh- <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. The heart, what's it? Yeah. Heart renders and and life takers. Amazing names.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, these guys are really cool. Uh, the Heartrenders have javelins to throw, I believe. Mm-hmm. And they can do the sort of the deep strike style rules where they drop in from above the battlefield anywhere nine inches away from enemies. Uh, but they have a rule where if they do that, they're better at piercing armor for that yep. turn with their ranged attacks. Which makes sense, Yeah. Um, they've, yeah. They've also got crazy good movement because they can do a normal move, then run, then shoot. And then there's on a four up, they're able to move again. <laughs> so that's, the thing, that? that's, just, that's
0: the thing, isn't it? That's just that some summarizes yeah. them fully, doesn't it? Really, where they're going to be, it's going to be pure mm. hit and run tactics with this army as well. Again, very Absolutely. similar to the uh, the Dark Eldar are in for forty k. Yeah, where you you know hit yeah. run because obviously everything's a bit fragile, <laughs> so you can't stay around. Yeah. You don't want to stay around too long for in in one place.
1: Oh, definitely not. You know, when your best save is a five plus exactly, with one or two yeah. wounds. <laughs> <laughs> no, and it's Age of Sigma, so there's lots of Rend around yeah, as
0: well. Exactly. So, no, yeah. they, they look amazing. They sound amazing. And like I said, when we get that mm-hmm. battle tome through, we'll have a proper conversation about them as well, and, their, and also their oh, background, because yes. that, that's going to be fascinating oh, as well.
1: It is really good to talk about. There's there's actually a little bit of that uh, from the Malign Portance chat we'll be doing later. Absolutely. Hopefully. Uh but yeah, no, they're so cool. I love them. <laughs> I don't own any of them, but I love them. <laughs> I, the thing
0: is, it, it's so. I must admit, when especially now that you can buy them as a, as a force, like you've got the the Cauldron Guard and the Slaughter Troop and the Temple Nest. It, mm. Oh, you know, this part of me was like, oh, would love to just throw down a credit card and just go here. We go. I just want them all. <laughs> they just look amazing. Oh, give it, oh uh, No, no, can, can't like... do it. <laughs> Slowly and surely, definitely. Not. Yeah. <laughs> excellent cool right so that's the daughters of kane because i said we would be here all episode if we could (laughs) um yeah yeah. so the uh the the other sort of main bit of news that's out recently is there's going to be a adeptus mechanicus video game which we were sort of slightly torn on weren't we when we were discussing it Mm. it was sort of one of those where it's like "Mm, is it gonna be all right um I mean, the when it comes to video games, the, the Games Workshop license, as a lot of people know, is very dubious at times. It, it, yeah. You can produce some fantastic games, but then it, the license gets wasted on some horrendous games as well. It's, it's very
1: yeah.
0: hit and miss. Um, so what's your yeah. thoughts about Mechanicus?
1: Um, they they lost me at turn-based 40k <laughs> game, I think. Yeah. Um, for, for me, 40k is such an action-oriented setting it's all about these big crazy battles mm-hmm. or these deep intrigues that move along at a lightning pace uh you know from the battlefield to the bowels of a hive city there is always something going on there is always movement and that that has never sat right for me for a 40k game to be okay now you stop and you think and you do it tactically mm-hmm. like when i played dawn of war i always played it in a rush like yeah. i would be like the orcs are building up i've got a got to pump out all these space marine units i've got to organize everything that was great (laughs) when when space marine the video game came out that was fantastic i loved that game because the entire point of it was you can't take cover otherwise you're gonna die yeah you've got to go in there and get stuck in and that really gave that that motion that action feel to it for me Mm. yeah and and then like turn based on like if it's got, like, really good effects that sell, that sell, like, attacks and things, it's got a good, solid upgrade path for the characters, because, as I understand it, you basically control a bunch of Mechanicus Skitari and Yep. yep. that you upgrade as you go along. It, it sounds interesting. I'm probably gonna wait and see the general reception of it before I decide on whether or not I pick it up. Uh, yeah, yeah, I
0: don't blame you. I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I am must admit, I'm. I'm sort of Mm, not sure on it because I, I must be. what i find a bit odd was the fact that one of the things they said as part of this trailer and announcement is at last the adeptus mechanicus are going to have their own video game and i was thinking do you think there's a lot of people out there that really want an adeptus mechanicus <laughs> video game i mean i don't, I don't mean that uh, in insulting ways because they're, they're a cool yeah, race but yeah. and obviously there would be a lot of people out there that collect them but i didn't they're not a mm. they're not a, a sort of race that or force that I would assume to have a no. video game really. I and I think the problem no, is with this one, no. similar to what you're saying, because it's turn based, and I think it's one of those where I think they do in turn based because it makes them easier to make, which often happens oh, yeah. because a lot of the yeah. um, studios that make the the Warhammer games, you know, especially the lower ones, they you know, they just don't obviously have the budget and the time, which is fair enough. So I mm. think they have to cut corners. Yeah. I mean, if you see, if you ever played uh Warhammer Quest, for example, the, the video game, that, mm. that could have been I fantastic. Have <laughs> and, it, you know, and again, it just loses, because it's all turn-based, it loses its appeal slightly. And again, yeah. what I'm a bit yeah. um disappointed at with this one is the fact that it's another game where... It's small scale, and I, you know, I think they need to expand in bigger scale games where you've, you know, not not everything's going to be Dawn of War or or Total Warhammer. You know, that's not always going to be the case, but then there's no middle ground Every, it's either that or everything is like a, mm. a space hulk or a, or this or, or space yeah. wolf which yeah. I quite liked but again you're only controlling literally a couple of people or marines or mm. whatever you're in charge of and it's a bit I, and I think again what seems to happen and I don't think it is in this case but is that obviously think oh can we then port it to mobiles and tablets and things like that I think that plays a yeah. lot into it as well
1: yeah which yeah. is a it, shame because
0: it's, it's, it's not about that but
1: yeah the the thing is, I can already see in my head a really good, adeptus mechanicus game. Mm. Um, have you read? You've read the Eisenhorn books, right?
0: Uh, almost. I'm almost through. Almost,
1: yeah. Um, almost through. So you're sort of in the third major book. Uh, I think I'm in the
0: second at the moment. Thinking about it. Second. Second. Yeah.
1: So in 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 the second, I believe it's in the second. Um, there is a bit where he goes to meet an adeptus mechanicus magos mm-hmm. that he knows. Um. I don't know if you're up to this, but, you know, Mm -hmm. he finds him deep inside this asteroid that's being mined for materials, piloting this giant mechanical crawler, you know, equipped with multi-lasers and turrets and plasma drills and things like that. Mm -hmm. And he's doing it because there's a corrupting force deep in the heart of the asteroid, yada, yada, yada. I don't want to spoil too much (laughs) if you've not gotten up to that bit. But there are these awesome bits of action, and a great, great Adeptus Mechanicus game would be... I think like a Deus Ex style game because yeah. you've got the whole self upgrade thing, mm-hmm. sort of play- but playing more as a Skitari, maybe rather than mm-hmm. like a private agent. And then for big set pieces, you have those big vehicle driven sequences, which seem to have just kind of dropped out of games a lot yeah. recently, which is a shame. Like I remember playing Halo, and the sequences where you get in the tanks was just awesome, and seems to have dropped off a bit, but. They would be good for like a big action adventure-oriented style triple A game. I think. Yeah, oh, definitely. You could that. do a really a really fun advancement system. You could do HUD that fits in and feels natural, which I think a lot of 40k games could do well with. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Yeah. But yeah. It just needs a big budget, which is the problem with it. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, and, and the problem, <laughs> is, and the problem is with obviously how badly Dawn of War three did recently that's mm. what's let the side down mm. a bit really because obviously dawn and war was always the saving grace of of the Warhammer 40 k games that you know there was yeah. a big studio you know had sega behind them you know it was taken seriously and obviously the first two games did really well even though they were sort of yeah. quite different in their own ways but overall yeah, they did well As yeah. this third one they've just let they just really dropped the ball on it and it's a shame because you think oh it's same with um eternal crusade which came out which was mm. going to be it was a Going to be a one forty k MMO, which sort of then turned out to be like a squad based shooter, um, and then uh, it's sort of fallen by the mm-hmm. wayside. And it's and it's just the same. We've got these these both both really rich uh, universes, and they just really don't use them. I mean, we haven't really seen a proper Age mm-hmm. of Sigma video game yet, no, um, which I'm sure which must be cool. must happen at some oh, point. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I suppose they could always add it to. Um, total war warhammer maybe you know they could always yeah. do it as like in a big expansion i don't know probably not but mm. i think it's a bit late in the day no. for that now but um <laughs> yeah it's, it's just so i mean like i said this game may be quite good but i just have a feeling it's going to be in that other other side and category where it's just yeah. running the mill yeah. unfortunately but yeah we'll see
1: there, there are good games out there yeah um it's not technically age of sigmar's warhammer fantasy but the vermintide yeah uh, vermintide one was fun very and good vermintide 2 is coming yep. and i've heard it's good they're adding chaos yep. which is cool um like those style of games are good but i, I really want that big i i played space marine mm-hmm. back in 2013 when it came out and that was that was like the beginning half of a beautiful promise <laughs> and then yeah. thq and then thq fell under Yep, and they we did. never got that
0: that's the thing um, in it
1: i would i would even settle for like a remaster at this point yeah. of Space Marine, oh, Space marine, marine was
0: fantastic. It. You felt like a marine, didn't you? You felt you had the power oh, yeah. of a marine. You got stuck in that that bit where you you got your chainsaw and you're tearing orcs up or, or you, you mm. grab a heavy bolter and you've know, got that real kick on it it yes. was fantastic yeah. i used to love it just for the hearing the orcs um screaming at you when you walk in they're like <laughs> space marine <laughs> space marine <laughs> it was, yeah it was brilliant it was such a good game it was well graphics were good gameplay was awesome mm. uh, you know and you just think god i could have done really well and I imagine it i think it probably did yeah. quite well even for people that it weren't okay. into it yeah
1: yeah I just, I just wish I'd been more into the online play thing then because it also had a really great mm, online character creator the from pro- what I could tell, but I was never able to access it because by the time I got around to playing online, it had died down mm. and there was no one to play with.
0: Well, <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, I gave, just thinking, Mark, I gave the multiplayer a quick go because I, I remember mm. I bought the game, I think, secondhand, but not long after it had come out. And the problem is it was one yeah. of those games where you had to buy a pass to play online do you remember those dark days where you had yeah, to yeah. Um, yeah and that's what i ended up doing because i thought oh, i've got to play this and it was actually really good the multiplayer but the problem is mm. it just died out so quickly that you just no one to play with anymore you could change you know you could choose chapters yeah. you could play on chaos or or loyalist it was it was really good mm. you know it's just it was a real missed opportunity there and like you said you think oh this could have been yeah. the, the start of something great and then they just didn't really which is a real shame but
1: yeah
2: yeah
0: that's what happens unfortunately uh, um yeah. so yeah so that's the the new adeptus mechanicus game and we, we wanted to touch upon wrath and glory
1: uh yeah so in in slightly brighter news um <laughs> so fantasy flight games did a series of 40k tabletop rpgs uh which was dark heresy first and second edition rogue trader and death watch yep which are all three great books. There's a ton of source books for them as well, giving expansions and things. Um, the Death Watch books in particular are great because you can roll up custom chapters uh, with a whole bunch of in- ridiculous information. Um, you can also find those tables online if you look for them. Uh, they're just fun to mess around with. Uh, but Fantasy Flight Games and Games Workshop's contract has expired yep. as of the end of 2017. They've made Buddy with a new... Uh, RPG company, and they are producing a game called Wrath and Glory, which sounds interesting. Um, <laughs> it, it's been sort of quietly announced. They're not, like, yelling about it from the mountaintops mm-hmm. yet. Uh, but I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, they It's interesting, because you have four different tiers of play that dictate what kind of characters you play. So you have tier one where you play like regular guardsmen that might have been seconded by an Inquisition force and stuff like that. Tier two, you start playing like sergeants and veterans and tier three, you can start playing space marines and things like that. Uh, But they've implemented a system for if if you are in a tier three campaign, so a campaign that's tailored for like space marines to be able to take on, but you want to play a tier one character, you want to play a guardsman, they have an ascension system that essentially can take a tier one character and push them up into a grizzled veteran mm-hmm. for tier three plays. That's cool. So you would have a bog standard base marine, and then you would have a guardsman who served in the Inquisition for decades. He has a bion- bionic iron arm. He's got a plasma weapon from an old uh, kill mission he went on that he would, that he nev- was never asked to return. Uh, so he just never gave it back. That kind of thing. Um, and th- that that idea of how could we possibly balance you know humans and marines in an rpg for mm-hmm. still for people to still be able to have fun when they play together that seems like a really interesting way to take it because if you think about it as well like your basic marine has already undergone like 20 to 30 years of training to be <laughs> yeah, a basic true. marine and the guard equivalent would be, you know, a high-ranking officer who's done work with numerous high-level organizations and things like that. So it makes sense from that perspective as well. Mm-hmm. They're on the same footing experience-wise. Um, they also made, like, sort of a little graphic novel comic couple pages to explain how to play. Yeah, so uh, They have a, yeah, which which was nice. They have a system called Failing Forward where no one bad role will ever completely doom you. You have to consecutively (laughs) do a bunch of bad things for the game to end. (laughs) Um, And I think their example was they were playing Tier 2, so they had like a space marine scout, a couple of guard veterans, and an Inquisitor's uh, personal uh, apprentice, I think, was the party (laughs) they were giving an example of there. Uh, Oh, no, it was a commissar, I think it was. A commissar, a couple of experienced guardsmen, and a space marine scout yep. sort of trudging their way through an ice world to go to an Adeptus Mechanicus complex that had suddenly gone dark or something like that. It looks really interesting. I'm interested... I'm definitely going to get the book when it comes out. Yeah, so Hopefully will I. give it a go. Yep. Yeah. If nothing else, it'll... Be filled with more cool lore and information. Yeah, no, uh, it, lots yeah, of pretty pictures. I think it'd be really,
0: I mean, I've got like I said to you earlier. I've got the Death Watch book, and um, mm. it's really cool to read. Even even though the lore is oh, slightly yeah. different to the conventional Deathwatch in the 40k universe, mm. it's it's still a really. Yeah. Even if you don't play the game, it's just worth from a collectible point of view as well. Um oh, yeah, and yeah. I was, it's it's good actually this, with Wrath and Glory because I think they've almost hit the reset button on on this as well. They've obviously realised that you know the con- mm. like I said the contract's finished with Fantasy Flight. And now they can sort of start again with it. And obviously now in how well like Dungeons and Dragons fifth edition has done well over the years. And, you know, people are starting yeah. to get back into those sort of games as well as the, the tabletop mm. and, and some games, the cases, they're sort of ditching video games to play these sort of games. and, it's really cool that they sort of, they thought right. Let's start again. And I remember reading an interview with one of the creators, and it, it, they they're putting a lot of passion and love into it. And I think they're going to start mm. demoing it sort of mid year this year, sort of into the sort of summer. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, um, yeah definitely, a watch this space.
1: Really looking forward to seeing that. Mm. Yeah,
0: absolutely. <laughs> so cool right okay so that's the the latest news um and we'll just take another quick break now and then when we're back we're going to talk about malign portents welcome back and we are going to talk about malign portents hooray um yay see if you can feel the excitement (laughs) um (laughs) no uh Malign Portance is the latest expansion of uh, Age of Sigmar um, that's come out recently, revolved around the realm of death. Yeah. Um, so, what we thought we would do is we'll have a brief talk, well, hopefully a brief talk about <laughs> uh, this expansion. I've got the book here. Yep. They can hear it. Look, I'm tapping it. That's real. I've cool. <laughs> got the book here with me. Um, but, like I said, we're going to sort of give a, an overview of what, what Malign Portance is. I'll sort of briefly talk about the various parts of the book um again for this one we're not going to particularly go into the rules as such because yeah. again we would be here all day with that yeah. it's more like i said the 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 book itself the law and what what it's trying to achieve i suppose is the best yeah. way of looking at it yeah um so one thing i would say before we start is this book is be beautiful it mm-hmm. is a lovely looking book before we, we need to so talk about anything else it's really well designed and I what I like about it compared to some of the other books is it's got a really nice theme to it the actual front cover looks amazing Mm. and it's a bit I must admit the only sort of slight downside is it's a bit light on the ground in some ways it's about 80 odd pages which is not a massive amount but I think it's enough for what it's trying to do I would say it's ultimately just trying to give you some background and then obviously some new rules to play with um so the the actual main purpose of malign portents is it's uh, an expansion you know for the battle of the realms it's for casual players and for veterans really and also mm. it is optional it's just a way of introducing some new new ways of playing some new yeah. rules some new battle plans into the game but the main thing is well for us is it's pushing the narrative and law mm. forward a yeah. bit because and it's also clarified a bit um so Without sort of going into the real details, what's your sort of overall impression of Malaya Importance?
1: Um, I like Malaya Importance because this sort of harkens back to things that happened that I never, but I never took part in back when I was sort of first getting into the hobby, which is the yep. Warhammer Fantasy game had these sort of once every one or two years they had these big global campaigns where you know player input and you know who won and lost games and who painted or didn't yep. paint units merged into, like, an evolving narrative, which is what they're doing with Malign Porn's, which is really awesome. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, you can play games in Games Workshop stores, and you can also vote on one of three options each week to attempt to shape the narrative. Um, And so the first week was interesting, because the premise was that all these soothsayers throughout the model realms had started yabbering about the end of all things and death coming and everything, (laughs) and everyone immediately chose to just kill all of them. (laughs) And ignore them. <laughs> <laughs> I actually do, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> by like a ma- by like a massive margin, every player, pretty much every player went, you know what, no, let us not listen to these guys, let's just execute them for treason, um, send them off to the realm of death, surprisingly enough. And so the mm-hmm. what happened is that, um the Knight of Shrouds, which is a special unit in- for death introduced in uh Malign Portons, is going to have a permanent uh take a uh, permanent uh Optional bonus that they can take when they become a fully published in a book, other than the line importance sumo figure, which is you can take a balefire blade for them, which gives them plus one to wound rolls or plus one damage, mm-hmm. I think, something like that. Yep, which is cool because they have straight up said that depending on what is chosen, different characters, not uh, I think not necessarily just the four introduced for Malign importance, will be able to take mm-hmm. new and different upgrades along along the way, depending what happens. Um, but these also sort of changed the rules. So all the soothsayers were killed, and that caused a massive moon of dark secrets to appear over the model realms, and it's just been whispering to everyone and trying to get all their secrets... And then everyone went, Oh, we should actually pay attention to this and try and use this stuff for our gain, instead of just choosing, oh kill all them, it's fun it's the funny choice. <laughs> <laughs> um and so the player base by a smaller margin this time decided to learn as many of everyone else's secrets as they can. And the way this affects the rules for I think this was last week's rules technically, is that uh wizards that are not named, so non special characters can attempt to cast and unbind one extra spell in each turn. So your normal Mm -hmm. wizard would only be able to cast one spell and block one spell from going off. But now they've learned all these dark secrets and they can cast two spells a turn and try and block two different spells each turn, which is Mm -hmm. a really cool buff to uh, armies that use a lot of magic as well. Uh, Yep. So the first week was a straight-up buff for the death faction um, and really helped them... (laughs) The second week was anyone who plays a magic heavy army got a pretty significant buff for the rest of the campaign, which is really awesome. Um, and the most recent one that I heard was, um, the moon has sort of settled into position and it's there and people are learning from it, but these blood mists have started springing up, uh, Mm -hmm. and, you know, anyone who breathes them in gains this incredible strength and savagery, but they also go a bit nuts, uh. And the choices were <laughs> to either just go and stand in there and inhale as much as you can, or to try and burn it out, or to try and just block it off. It's like section it off in certain areas. And yep. from from discussions on Reddit, every single um, Destruction faction player is doing as much as they can to get as many votes as they can for stand in the mist and breathe it in. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) (laughs) because all those orc players want those big buffs for their strengths certainly do (laughs) um yeah so it is it is malign importance as an idea and as something that is currently ongoing is something i really like i like the way it shook up interest in the community i also like that it is the story of nagash attempting to do something and no one is sure what yet which is the terrifying part of it you know, we've got <laughs> we've got all these little hints, he's invading all the realms, he's stealing land from, like, Nurgle, and stuff like that as well, mm-hmm. which is crazy to yep. do. Like, he's destroying Nurgle's gardens and everything. Um, he's reaching out and, you know, corrupting Sigmarite priests and nuns and things like that as well, which I thought was really mm-hmm. cool. And so they've, they've released a bunch of short stories detailing the yep. various things going on. Um and the end goal seems to be he is building this massive inverse floating pyramid uh it he is like, indeed yeah, yeah which no one knows what that's meant to do but it's awesome looking and i look forward to finding out what it is going to do later on in the campaign <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I said it hint. It definitely hints at it towards in uh, mm-hmm. the actual book itself. The uh, the Great Black Pyramid, yeah, which yeah. Uh, is really cool. Yeah, Nagash is up to a lot at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> let's seen... <laughs> let's say that like, he's he's plotting and scheming. Yeah, at I've the seen, moment, I've and seen it's some really good cool.
1: theories. I've seen some good theories. Like um, he wants to break into the space between realms. Take Slanesh for himself, prisoner in the pyramids pyramid, so he can siphon all the remaining souls out of Slanesh, which is an yep, interesting all those idea. those souls. Yeah. Yep. Um. Because there's also in the short story, there's a whole bit where necromancers are going after Morathi because she is mm-hmm. s- stealing souls that are rightfully Nagash's. Like she's not just taking the souls from Slanesh to recreate the elves. She's also sacrificing regular people and turning their souls into more dark elves. And yeah. And you got, life. and you got also
0: yeah. think that Nagash is also annoyed that Sigmar keeps taking the souls away from oh, yeah. the uh, sto- Stormcast Eternals yeah. as well when they die.
1: Yeah. It's like, come on, he died. He's mine. And like Sigmar's like, no, no, no. I, I can use him <laughs> one more time. Just one more time. Come on. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so yeah, it is really cool, actually. You see the this insights into what Nagash is trying no. to do at the moment. So yeah, yeah. cool. Okay. So yeah, that's, uh, Sort of gist of my importance, but we'll. Um, so I've got the book in front of me here, and I'll uh, try to sort of briefly go through what what it entails, what mm. you get in here. Um, yeah, the first, like I said, page or so is basically on how to use the book. Um, which, like I said a minute ago, is you can use it in the campaign or you don't if you don't want to, yeah. it's purely yeah. optional. But it's, I think, this for most Age of Sigma players is going to be a must. They're mm. always, you know, it's going to be in their collection all the time, yeah yeah and then so for quite a few pages we have the uh, well there's sort of three main sections uh, which is the chaos ascendant the vengeance of azir and the mortal realm so it basically gives you a rough overview of what's sort of been happening prior to this and what's about to happen Mm. and how some of the new characters fill into this so so i'll just give a brief overview so yeah so you, you what's quite good is that with the age of Sigmar sort of background it, it, for some people, it can be seen as being a bit wishy-washy and mm. is a bit unclear at times. And I think it just helps clear things a bit more in, you know, for people that are trying to understand how age of Sigmar came about, especially post, um, the well, old fantasy. world. Yeah, exactly. So, so basically, sort of in summary, you've got Sigmar has been found by a big dragon, which is, mm. uh, Draco, uh, Dracon- Drac- uh, what's he called? Uh, get his name right. Uh, Draconian, um, who is a large drake, which uh, befriends Sigmar, who's been holding on to what used to be the old world, which is called mm. Malice, um, and brings him into the mortal realms. So there's eight realms, um, which are all um, formed by the eight winds of magic from the old world. So it gives a theme for each one, um, and then initially Sigmar is basically bringing people together he's bringing the wandering packs of people around elves dwarves um and i said bringing them together you know to be a common cause um he then creates a pantheon with the other gods so he's basically got nagash on his side he frees nagash who's basically trapped under a mountain Mm. um you got Gorkamorka, which is the two parts of the orc god and you know and you got the dwarven gods the elven gods and he's basically you know bringing them all together to be you know the Avengers of the, uh, <laughs> of the God world. Um, then after a while, things start going a bit bad, uh, for Sigma, basically mm. Nagash starts plotting and scheming, as uh, as he does, as he does, <laughs> as he does. uh, sort of doesn't really care what Sigma really wants. He just wants to just destroy things. Mm. Um, Al-Ariel is, um, the, it basically goes back to the glades, uh, the dwarven gods basically go into exile, um, and so what was there before is now sort of disappeared. And Sigma's like, oh, okay. <laughs> you don't want to play with me anymore. Got to do everything um, myself which, around here. <laughs> exactly, which he, he sort of realizes. Um, he then uh, get that's when the chaos attacks start happening. Mm. Because obviously, basically, chaos take advantage of things being divided. Um, and that's when Sigma forms the Stormcast Eternals to uh, put the tide back into his... Uh, favor, And obviously you then get a sort of a description of the how the Stormcast internal, Eternals are formed, you know, and for the fact they're, you know, previous warriors. And, and what's quite good if you do read any of the books is you start seeing some of their memories and they remember who they used to be and things like that. Um, you then get a brief... Uh, description or page or so of the Realmgate Wars, which is Van Vandas Ham Hammerhand on behalf of the Stormcast Eternals versus uh Corgus Cool of the Corn yep. uh, the Corn Bloodborne and you sort of see how things are played out like that. Oh, no. And then bas- <laughs> and basically while the, while the Realmge- Realmgate Wars are going on, you've got Nagash is basically doing even more plotting as he's doing. Um he's playing the end game. Really. Yeah. Um so yeah. he he basically gets one of his biggest followers, which is uh Arkham the Black, uh, to basically go out and use, you know, skeletons and other resources to find the gravesand realm stones. So basically they're grain literally grains of sand which um I'll I'll come back to in a minute. Okay. <laughs> um <laughs> so the eight realms are formed and they're all surrounded by magic, which is obviously very key to what you were sort of saying a minute ago, Cameron, where obviously magic is a big big player in this, um yeah, and then it's surrounded yeah. by the great nothing. Um and what's quite also interesting, which it goes into, is the fact that each realm morphs the people there. So rather than you know, like you do in the real world, where often the people morph how the land is, and how a certain realm or region is. It's the other way around. The sort of realms are the way they are, and they morph the people around, sort of how they are, which is quite cool. Uh, and these are all connected by the realm gates. And then this is when things start going a bit weird you know, from uh, the important side of things. So this is where. The people, and what's quite cool, because you actually start hearing what the, what's happening to the local people. Because a lot of the law mm. prior to my importance all seems to be around, you know, your stormcast eternals and and you know the big the big players. Whereas yeah, now you're actually yeah. starting to hear what's happening to the you know to the everyman. So, like I said, things are starting to go weird, and there's some really really cool descriptive things in here as well, which is actually what's starting to happen. See if I can find it. So basically, you've got you've got things starting to happen like so when they you know doing the the farmers doing their farming they're yeah. finding human teeth instead of uh, corn yeah. kernels yeah. yeah and things like that <laughs> it is absolutely amazing um i'll, just, I'll give a brief uh, little here. So the first month saw strange omens and dark prophecies emerge like mushrooms after a spring rain. Here a farmer would shuck an ear of maize uh, to find not rows of corn kernels but scatterings of human teeth. There a maid would milk her cows to find them yielding only blood, whilst herdsmen ran for dear life as their wild-eyed livestock stampeded in rabid confusion. In coastal villages, entire populations disappeared overnight. The cold mist of morning trailing like sea serpents through it, empty buildings. Ooh. In the hills, travellers seeking uh, would reach hamlets and townships only to find their inhabitants comatose yet floating at waist height in the air or sleeping unwakeable under their beds. Millers awoke at dawn to find the sails of their windmills uh, strung with corpses and palace servants found bloody foot, footprints uh, appearing from nowhere to mar freshly scrubbed flagstones. So, yeah, you've got these really weird, you know, like cows milk, you know, they're milking blood from cows and, <laughs> and all these. Sort of, um, yeah. It then goes on, it explains a bit more. you got that the land itself is starting to morph because of this. And there's this one really cool bit, which is quite amusing, where there's basically people uh or corpses living corpses getting chained together so basically where you know you're in a graveyard skeletal hands are coming from from but you know from below the ground grabbing people trapping people they mm. die and then they end up, you know, sort of being part of this sort of uh, corpse chain. <laughs> it's, it's really grim. It's re- it's, it's the- And this is what I quite like about this part of things, because they're actually explaining how things are going. You're actually, he- you know, you're actually hearing and actually getting a bit more detail into the world rather than just being, oh, yeah, good's fighting evil. You've actually got these weird, quite specific things yeah, happening as well, yeah. which is really cool. Mm. Um, um, and so all these things that are happening quite unlike sigmar he's not he doesn't react straight away which is probably a good thing in the end because he's a bit (laughs) hot-headed at the start um so it's only when basically Vander's hammerhand and other things happening go to him and say look sigmar things the the, things are happening the world's a bit weird at the moment this isn't right (laughs) something's (laughs) going on so what sigmar decides to do at this point is he literally Get, it reaches up into the, the sky and space and throws down meteorites and comets to the to the uh, to the world. And basically, these what end up being what's called the Warsquire citadels. Uh, yeah. So, which is um, linked to the Lord Ordinators, which is the yeah. new um, Stormcast uh, character. So, basically, he throws down these comets to the world, and then what's basically happening is that they're rich with Realmstone, and they're causing different effects in different areas, and then. Basically, the Lord Ordinators, which are sort of part profit, part engineer, are sent to these sites to basically take over these these uh, comets, turn them into these Warsquire citadels, either by using their rank as the Lord Ordinator or by force yeah. if they need to, um, which is really cool. And they, these actually, these War citadels are actually a. Uh, you know, have you seen the the miniature for these? They're yeah, really cool. Yeah, um, they are
1: this awesome sort of twisting tower on a on a crag or cliff. Mm. Yeah yeah those, those
0: things are really yeah. cool looking yeah and and it's quite cool how they're actually built as well they're like sort of part of comet which is really mm. cool i did i wasn't yeah. expecting that um and it's like i said this is where we get to the the four new characters that we we mm. they're introduced as part of this is one for each of the four grand alliances um so what was your thoughts on these four
1: um, I really like the models. Each model is pretty yep. cool, I think. Um, I especially love the death one, the Knight of Shrouds. Yeah, he's cool. Which looks absolutely awesome. Um sort of just a wraith with a winged full face helmet, a shroud over most of the body, and then this giant ancient rotted sword. Um the Lord Ordinator is probably my least favourite model, to be mm-hmm. honest. Uh, it's still a very yeah. cool model. He's got a magnificent mustache. Um <laughs> great hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um but it, but he's uh he's like I don't know, just something about him is slightly less evocative than the others. Um, the Dark Oath War Queen, which is the Chaos one, she looks awesome. I'm all for yep, like more is. cool female minis and I've seen a ton of really great conversions for her already as well. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. and the the Fungoid Cave Shaman is just a cool model. It's a goblin with a mushroom
0: growing out of his head, which I love. It's great, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, the actual four... Because basically the book goes into the four backgrounds, not the actual individual characters, but their class. Yeah, basically, Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you basically get an explanation of the Lord Ordinators, and like I said Mm. a minute ago, they're they're part engineer and part prophet.
1: Yeah. On behalf
0: of Sigma, So... Mm as in from the engineer side of things they're there to literally imbue magic into structures Hmm. so they'll you know to be defensive and and for people that are magically aligned they'll be able to look at these structures and sort of see little little bits of magic you know falling off them or you know running around them (laughs) um the profit side of them is sort of basically like a cross between a mathematician and a seer so they're sort of seeing the future to a degree but also using their sort of engineer knowledge to sort of yeah basically build things and form the they're sort of like an they're an old one they're like a like a an organizer yeah <laughs> and yeah. but 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 also like i said being a prophet as well so sort of guide not people on behalf mm. of sigma they're, uh, so they're quite ooh, cool so
1: i know what they are they're the um they're the prognosticators that gray knights and 40k have the guys who go yes. there's going to be a problem yes. here in like this amount of time we should be there <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a, yeah. yeah, that's a very good comparison. Actually, yeah, they're similar to that, and it's and they're quite cool. Like like you, I think the more the, the actual mid-incher itself is okay. It's mm. it's you know typical Stormcast, yeah. but I think the actual you know lore behind them is really quite cool. Mm. In contrast, yeah. the Dark Oath War Queens. Yes. Now I must admit, when I read about her or them, yeah. um they're a bit disappointing into honest. like the actual background of them is quite run-of-the-mill
1: yeah, um yeah.
0: basically they're you know they they're like a form of barbarian i would say yeah uh, they you know they challenge their other rivals they fight them in a in a sort of gladiatorial arena um they take a trophy from the mm. loser like they'll cut off their head or a hand or whatever yeah, they want to yeah. take um what is quite cool to become an actual war queen they have to beat a demon that's yep. part of the criteria, yep. supposedly. Um, so it has to be on their CV, <laughs> and, uh, uh, and then in the Eva battle, they often see a vision from the gods of what's going to okay. play out. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean they they're cool. I mean, the, the, mm. I'd say the miniature is probably my is probably my favourite of the four. Yeah. She's um, awesome. Like I so. said, I was just a bit disappointed about the background. Is just a bit, yeah. You know, yeah. fighty, um, and that's about yeah. it. Really.
1: <laughs> the the actual named one that there's a little short story for. I really like her. Mm-hmm. Because her little yes, short story yes. is her going to a corn bloodbound stronghold and just talking to the guy in charge and going, "Listen, whether or not you're coming with them, your entire army is coming with me in in the morning." Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's what, yeah, she is quite cool. Yeah, which is Marikar Blood Sky. She's really mm. cool, and yeah, and there's going to be a bit in a minute which I'll talk about. Um But yeah, them as a whole, their overview is a bit yeah okay you know yeah. just it yeah. is what it is um mm. i was hoping that you'd be, there'd be descriptions of her, her like headbutting people uh, and just going crazy but you don't really hear as much future. of that
1: There might be in future yeah oh yeah, yeah. that's yeah. true that's true i i, I um, do really like the fungoid cave shamans though <laughs> yes those are, they're, those now,
0: are they're nice. really cool now so basically they're from the mm-hmm. the moon clan grots and they're connected yeah. to the orc god uh mork now they're interested in a few ways one one of their main things to do is to they literally look to find war that's yeah. their, one of them yeah. on their purposes along with the moon Clan. moon clan grots is right where's that where's their fight happening so they love so they love people like the cave sh- shaman where they're yeah. there literally to find war you know fights for them and mm. basically they're there to plan on behalf of the god mork now part of this is because obviously because they're a shaman they they're they're for uh, in a profit form as well now yeah, they ba- yeah. you know it, not being around the bush, they basically eat magic mushrooms and trip out <laughs> <laughs> that's that is what they do yeah. um reading between the lines so yeah they'll they they eat mushrooms they then like i said have this this vision, and then they will then you know give it to all the other uh orcs um and tell them mm. what's you know what's what he sees um yeah they're part they're part fungus. They're literally mm-hmm. part of him and like you yep. see, you can actually see the fungus growing out of their brain. Mm. Um and that's soft that's part because their diet is mushrooms as well. Yeah. Um and they commune with the dead as well. So they're real I said the cave shaman, they're really cool, really mm. funny. Typical, yeah. typical typical Orcs cool. and goblins. I <laughs> so. I love
1: them as um a callback to the fantasy nightgoblin fanatics, which would just get hopped yes. up on mushrooms and swing yep, that's that right. ball and chain around. That those guys were ridiculous and really effective from what I remember from <laughs> the couple of games I yeah, played against
0: one. <laughs> I think the, the miniature itself is fantastic. I've seen some mm. really good paint jobs done on it yeah, as well. Yeah. You can be really colourful with that mushroom. Mm. So, yeah.
1: And, and then
0: the last one, It sorry, Karen.
1: Yeah, and then we got the Knights of Shrouds, which I was yeah, yeah, just going to uh, go after
0: this. That's what I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the Knights of Shrouds. Um, again, a bit like the... Uh, war queens the background on them is a bit run-of-the-mill basically they're traitors in my yeah. previous life and uh sigma oh sorry so they don't go to sigma and Nagash mm. basically says come over to our side yeah play, play with us yeah. um so you know so there's the, the actual uh piece in the book that talks about them is quite cool where they they could mm. be a traitor for many reasons it could be that they've led some of their followers astray and led them to an ambush and then they've mm. run off they yeah. could have you know literally stabbed someone in the back you know they yeah. they basically they've been shamed for their doing actions. something in their yeah. you know in their previous life and so um but yeah they're they're really like i said the night stride are really cool again mm. excellent looking miniature as well oh, yeah. you know arguably one of the best of their <laughs> um so yeah so that's the the four main or new sort of characters that we see as part of this um
2: yeah,
0: yeah. it then goes into uh, a bit more detail of the actual Realm of Death, which is uh, Shyesh, mm. um, which sort of in, a, in essence is a, it's a collection of underworlds. Now, I'll tell you what was quite cool that I read yeah. in this is that it basically provides an afterlife for each of the races and mm. basically the afterlife will be whatever they believe. Yeah. So if the, you know, if the dwarves or Dwardins, they're now called, um, if they believe that in the afterlife they're there forever mining, When Mm. they go to the afterlife, they will be mining. mining. Yeah, (laughs) you know, literally, it will form, you know, there's literally an afterlife for each of the races and whatever Mm. they believe. So it's not good. It's not evil. It's literally neutral. Whatever you believe, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, And the actual realm is surrounded by, like uh, most of the realms, it's surrounded Mm. by magic around the edges, and therefore there's not much magic in the middle. Mm. Okay. Um, And basically sigmar found people there as well when he first came across this realm which he was surprised yeah. to see because yeah. obviously it'd be in the realm of death um the sort of inner part is called the inner inner lands um where basically there's lots of gemstones and they they there's so much gemstones there that that, it's, that meat like the meat of a mm. you know a cow or anything is actually worth more than oh, gemstones because yeah. <laughs> there's so there's so much abundance of it so they have to basically import meat mm. and export mm. this uh gemstones now, you've got the outer parts of shyish, which is um, where, like I said, a lot of the magic is. Now, basically, if you go traveling there, which you don't really want to, um, <laughs> is, like, there's certain things happen. Like, you can age 100 years in a day. Ooh, um, fun. So that's pretty harsh. Uh, you can basically turn into a ghost of some mm. sort or a spirit. Uh, uh, yeah. So basically, you don't want to go traveling there. Yeah, that's cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like I said the Shaiash is a really cool realm. Yeah. Uh you got so and then it leads on to explain about where Sigmar frees Nagash, who then goes to Shaiesh. He thought, you know, he, he realizes like, yeah, this is mm. this is gonna be my home. <laughs> this is the right <laughs> realm for me. Um and this is where he starts playing his long game as this yeah. is going on. So as I alluded to earlier about the grave sand, so basically each realm has got a, a realm stone of sorts, which can be used for different things. So basically the, what the realm stone of Shaiesh is, is sand. Now it's, it's quite interesting in a few different ways. It basically measures the end of, of life. And mm-hmm. basically if you're of a certain way and, or a certain magical power, you can literally travel to Shaiesh and actually see how much sand you've got left. In, you know, oh, okay. so basically, it's saying how much of your life you've got left. Mm. But you can also collect it, turn it, put it into an hourglass, and then extend your life if you reverse <laughs> it in some sort of way. Okay. If, like I said, if you're powerful enough to do it. So mm. basically, the gash, like I said earlier, gets Arkan the Black to uh, go out with, you know, say right, get lots of skeletons, go get them to collect the gravesand. sand, and obviously, Arkan's like, well, that will take. Thousands, tens of thousands of years, and Nagash is like, "Well, we've got all the time in the world." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> basically, he's like, "Hey, don't worry, <laughs> we're not going anywhere." Um, so, while you know, while he's Nagash is taking a bit of a beating from the chaos and stuff, he's sort of going, "Yeah, don't you know?" He's almost like losing without worrying about it. He's like, "Yeah, yeah. don't worry about it. We've got we've got this plan happening in the background." <laughs> so basically, this so it's each skeleton is collecting an individual grain of this gravesand which obviously mm. takes a long time and then bringing it back and that's why it takes thousands and thousands of years but this is what's yeah. happening and then basically he's Gash is taking this gravesand um, which inadvertently is shortening the life of the people they're taking it away from Yeah, which is quite funny um, and then he's tur- turning it into this like obelisk uh, yeah. material called shade glass which is connected to shade spire
2: mm. so
0: he's building this and basically he's using this shade glass to build the these pyramids and obelisks, primarily the Great Black Pyramid in the center of Shaiish, yeah, um, and build them. And basically, he's collecting all this power of yeah. Uh, yeah. of magic. It's literally just can't, so basically, rather than being on the edges, it's right in the middle as well. And yeah. thing it's funny because you've got it explains about necromancers uh, noticing that like when they're summoning summoning the dead, like, they're summoning more than they, mm. they asked for. So rather than like oh, I wanted twenty skeletons, they're getting forty. It's like hang on, I didn't ask for those.
1: Hey. Um, so yeah so that's basically yeah exactly (laughs) do you know how
0: much upkeep I have to pay on these (laughs) so yeah so basically that's what he's doing that's what Nagash is doing he's forming Mm. these pyramids and obelisks to you know to for his end game you know which which sort of like you said alluded to where it could be connected to Slaanesh Mm. Uh, and actually talking to Slaanesh you do get a page in here where it talks about what's happening with the Chaos Gods while this is happening Mm. yeah um, basically Korn's getting annoyed because there's not much blood happening. Yeah. So it's all magic. So he's annoyed. No blood Exactly. So yeah, yeah exactly. Cinch uh, is sort of trying to get into the minds of people, which he's sort of yeah. struggling with. Yeah. Uh, Nurgle's, <laughs> Nurgle's one's quite funny. He's basically, yeah. he's bre- he's brewing a uh, load of filth in like a cauldron, mm. with like a lady. Yeah. And he's like, there yeah. like trying it to his lips and stuff. And yeah. he's yeah. obviously realizing things aren't the way. Yeah. Uh, Going to be. Well, also, with
1: Nurgle, just before we move on, um, mm-hmm. Nurgle's demons are popping up a lot in the short stories they're releasing, and they are super well characterized. I would just like to say they are yeah. awesome. Um, they really hate, uh, Nagash's thing because wherever he gains power, this sort of sterility comes, because they, they talk a lot in, in their sort of segments, like, Nurgle is all about the cycle of life and death and rebirth, and, Nagash ends that everything he touches is completely dead. Mm -hmm. There's no bacteria, there's no mold, there's nothing like that. And so it's like literally burning these demons to step into Shayish, but they're doing it because they're heroes and they have to save the poor people of Shayish from undeath. (laughs) 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 There's there's literally like a scene where um there's a bunch of there's a small town on the edge of Shayish. They sort of hold up. They've got skeletons guarding them because it's Shayish. They they're in league Nagash if they live there. And, you know, mm-hmm. the townsfolk are raining, firing arrows, f- flaming arrows down on um Rodigus, the great unclean one character. Yep. And he's like, we have to save them. And he starts charging up the hill towards him, like, why won't you let me save you? <laughs> it's awful here. <laughs> I have to let you be part great. of the cycle. <laughs> yeah, the- Nurgle that is, is cool. still getting a lot of love, even, <laughs> even yeah, after his I big release. Yeah, I can sense that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Just cut there and Sles- no. No, it's fine. No, that makes yeah. sense. That's
0: cool. Yeah. Sinesh yeah. basically is because again, Sinesh is in a bit of a no man's land at the moment. Mm. With in general, people wondering what's happening with him. And again, this sort of little excerpt doesn't really sort of tell you that much more. Basically, yeah. he's obviously sensing that Nagash is getting more powerful. There's a lot more mm. death around, mm. and he basically sees it as being dull and boring. He's there. Yeah. Sort of, he's, it's almost like he can feel yeah. what's happening, and he's like, "Oh well, uh, this is boring."
1: <laughs> yeah. Now, um uh, no spoilers it. in the mm-hmm. in the Daughters of Cain battle tome. You get a lot of info about what's happening with Slanesh, which good. I thought was really good. We find out where yeah. he's been all this time. What's been Yay. happening? Uh, no spoilers. He's into what's been happening. Yeah, he's enjoying his imprisonment. Uh, and that's I all imagine. I'll say uh cool yeah Excellent. so we, no, we, we we'll, do get I'm more info in that. that yeah yeah, yeah. which cool. is good because i've been waiting to hear what's been happening with the old <laughs> yeah, what's right. happening with him you know i was like yeah. oh i'll think of doing some emperor's children and then i looked up and was like oh then they've not been talking about slanesh since they released the original demons of chaos book <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah exactly now he, he he needs a lot of love slanesh yeah. yes i oh. i think it's happening like, like we said in yeah. our Episode zero, I think we sort of said that he's going to get some love. He's not oh, going yeah. away. Definitely. You know, it's it's all happening. So, yeah, we'll cover that in a future episode. Um, so the last sort of main bulk of this sort of lore as part of this book is, I suppose, it could be considered a counterattack of some sort. Mm. So while this is basically going on, um, I mean, this is where we start seeing those four named characters as part of this yeah. release. Yeah. So you've got basically uh, Marikar Bloodsky is sent in um, as part from... Archeon. Um and basically she get like you, like you sort of alluded to earlier. She gathers all the bloodbound local and say, right, we're going to go attack Shyish. Um, and then while this is happening, while she's gathering these um, Snazgar, um, which is the the mm-hmm. cave shaman, he basically is looking to follow in and take on the victor. So basically, he's going to get the bloodbound yeah. to go in, attack the uh, the, the um, and Gash's forces, and he'll take the victor. So, um, what's quite cool is that when the blood bloodbound, you know, get stuck into uh, Nagash's forces, um, they're met by the spirits of their former victims. Yeah. So they're basically, yeah. you know, so these spirits remember that they were killed by these bloodbound, and mm-hmm. for obviously, mm-hmm. fight them even more vigorously, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, and then the bloodbound carry on, um, and basically, they then team up with the blight lords, and. Then eventually they team up with some bray which is the beast men. Um, but, and basically the beast men get involved, get involved because Marikar uh beats their leader in combat. Sort of oh, yeah. kicks his head in basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> As you'd imagine. <laughs> um so while while she's marching on, the, the Blight Laws leader decides to reinforce where they are, which is some uh, some woods um with a mm. dread fort, and he's uh, like, Right, yeah. put some runes on the on the Dreadfort, so basically if any spirits or undead come towards us it'll basically turn them into dust or mist yeah. or whatever yeah. but basically before that happens before it's fully set up uh Keldrek the Knight of Shroud, uh, shrouds um and basically gathers a force of hex wraiths and mm. storms them without without them they basically expecting and kills that blight lord leader uh, okay. so yeah. So that's what happens, which obviously uh, Marikard doesn't know much about. Um, yeah. Then basically the Bloodbound are attacked by a Stormcast Eternal's force, which is the Anvils of the Helden Hammer, mm. who are led by Varus Starstrike, which is the Lord Ordinator as part yeah. of this. Yeah. Um, you know, they have a big fight, but then with the help of Corn, the Chaos forces push the St- Stormcast back, and... Um, then basically Vorus and his stormcast team up with another stormcast uh force uh to try and basically take out any skeletons and and undead forces that are nearby but then voros only realizes he's only taken out a small fraction of their force and yeah. then basically he sees a prophecy of corn which brings back a lot of his memories from when from in his former life yeah. and basically the leader the leader of this other stormcast uh force basically says to Vorus, like oh don't don't think he should you know have done something about that which basically then makes him go a bit crazy which then uh. causes him to attack the chaos hordes and then he he basically tries to get a lightning bolt to try and take out marakar mm. uh, which causes then to split the ground open then from that the moon grots attack from out, uh. from uh, from below <laughs> and then you have basically got this three-way fight of the Stormcast, yeah. the Bloodborn, bloodborne and the moon Just moon a grots i'm the three-way fight yeah yeah and then it doesn't go into that much more detail, but it basically alludes that the the Stormcast leader that was sort of speaking in uh, mm. Voris's ear is actually the Changeling of scenes. Oh, ah,
1: awesome! I'm into that. Sort of
0: trying to you know mould how things happen, and yeah. ba- the, the, basically the end result from this side of this war side of things is they all it leads into nothing. You know they yeah. they're so busy fighting each other that all three sides just don't make any headway in yeah.
1: uh, Shaiish. Yeah. Well that that's so, where it's up to you to decide the story. Yes, by Playing it, your exactly. local G W. Uh
2: Yes. <laughs>
0: exactly and the and basically the literally the last part before you get into the actual rules side of things and the uh such is the times of tribulation where it basically sort of mm. gives you a little paragraph of what's happening with other places like what what's happening with the skaven what are they noticing
2: yeah
0: uh what's you know nurgle noticing what are some of the other stormcasts you know again i, I won't go into detail because you'd be there all day talking about it but <laughs> yeah so you get a you know and like you said it's great because you're seeing all these weird things happening it's pushed the narrative forward but now yeah. like you said it's like right Okay, your turn. Take over. What happens? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's really, really cool. really looking
1: forward to seeing how it all plays out over the next month yeah. or two. Not quite sure how long it's they're a... planning on running it. Is it used to yeah, I think them? it's for a little while. I was imagining it will be a few months. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'd say, definitely. And like I said, you've got a nice... Um, section which is like i said is just showing off all the new miniatures uh you've got a uh, talk of the new war war scrolls um Uh, you've got some new which look really cool you've got the uh well um you got the new realm of battle rules because obviously they've introduced the things that are similar to the command points in um forty K, which is called Prophecy Points. Mm-hmm. Um it all depends on certain factors, like if you've got a har- Harbinger in your army or a hero, Garrison of War, mm. Cryest Citadel, you know so you've got all things like that. You've got various different um malign portents which are really cool. They all sort yeah. of got a different theme yeah. to them, like the blooded skull, the falling star, the black void. So you've got all these different options here. Um yeah, and then what's what's really cool actually, which I was surprised they did, is they've actually devoted a section in the book to the skirmish battles battles as well. Because obviously they introduced Age of Sigmar skirmishes for people that want to do, you know, Mordheim type level Mm, uh, fights, but they've actually converted it so you can use Molly importance in that as well, which is I think it's a really good idea. I was really surprised at that. That's really cool. Because it's not it means it's not alienating people that just like doing the skirmish fights. Mm. Uh you've got then a lot of um, have quite a few different narrative battle plans like blood moon rising they came from below which it's really cool the twice death so you've got loads of dark omens yeah. when i saw yeah. dark omens it reminded me of the um the old warhammer playstation one game um oh, yeah. which is called dark omen um heralds of woe and then you basically got the war scrolls for the lord ordinator yeah. uh, the dark oath war queen which has got things like Savage Duelist, which is not going to surprise anyone. Yeah. Um, yeah. the Cave Shaman, and then and obviously the, the uh, Night Strides as well. Yeah. Um,
1: so I'm actually interested because they've said that there will be changes to those War Scrolls going forwards. How the due, due to how the campaign plays out, I'm interested to see how they'll publish those, like officially. but like, they'll be PDFs you can get. Obviously. Yes, I would imagine um, so. Yeah. Maybe, maybe the General's Handbook. 2018, we'll have the updated versions with the new potential things they'll be able to take after the campaigns over.
0: I would, I would, Jeff, I would gar- almost guarantee that, really, because I, mm. I mean, it does mention near the the start about using it in cahoots with the 2017 version. I would yeah. be shocked if they don't use it to update this side of things as well, because mm. yeah, yeah, it'd be silly not to, really. Yeah. So, which is um, good because yeah.
1: it's a way to keep things. It, it's a way they can do these campaigns and have changes input by players and have this growth without having to reprint yeah. every codex, uh, every battle tone, pardon. And you know, every campaign supplement, they can just go, uh, we'll put it in next year's general update book.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, they could put it into the age of Sigmar app as well. That could be yeah, another place where well. they may put it. Mm. Um, yeah, they got, they got a lot of options, but yeah, it, it like I said, it just gives you a lot of flexibility to play however you want it to do um you just get all the information you need and yeah i I just think it's nice for people especially for people that have been playing this since the start which obviously because it's got off to quite a rocky start it just gives a bit of purpose to it a bit of flexibility and a bit of trying something new as well and obviously the fact it's moved the story forward is really cool as well so yeah um, so no i think i think i mean like i said for here in the uk it costs 15 pounds and obviously whatever your equivalents are in other countries and it's really cool you know it's not a massive book but like i said you get some good lore you get some cool little miniatures to look at but then you got a lot of nice things and flexibility for your uh, wargaming as well so i yeah, think it's really good
1: yeah exactly i cool. think it's pretty
0: awesome so absolutely that is our opinion malign <laughs> portents awesome <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah so we'll take a quick break and then when we return we're going to talk about deathwatch primaris marines
2: yeah <laughs>
0: hello welcome back to the last segment of this episode uh so what we're going to try and do on every episode is we're going to try and have a discussion point something like a hypothetical situation in 40k or age of sigma and sort of just just basically you know go through it see what we think and see if we can come to some sort of conclusion so for this first episode we're going to talk about the death watch in 40k and basically ask could slash should they have primaris marines joining their ranks mm, so uh, that's gonna be the today's topic um what we'll do before we go into the reasons for and against um we'll sort of just do a brief background of the death watch for people that don't know much about them and sort of just yes exactly so um so the death watch basically they are a They're not a Space Marine chapter as such. They're the chamber militants of the Ordo Xenos of the Imperium. Um, They're basically alien hunters. So they're in in the process of finding ways to take out the Xenos races or defend against them. So Orcs, Eldar and the like. Um, They report directly to the Inquisition. um, And in effect, they're basically recruited as the best of the best of their various chapters. There is a, a list of chapters that mm. are willing to don't allow their space Marines to join the death watch. So basically they get a tap on the shoulder saying, right, we want you. <laughs> You're joining us. Um, they then undergo extreme training and basically have to, even though they've been requested to join the death watch, it doesn't mean they'll necessarily be you know, able to join them because they have to prove yeah. On top of what they've already done, they must, you know, pass this training and and such like. Uh, they arrive with no armor or war gear, you know, just their, mm. you know, in their robes and have to, you know, do these tests. Um, and the other sort of main thing about them is they are part of the Death Watch for as long as they're needed. So it could mm. be just one mission, which could last a couple of years, admittedly, or they could be mm-hmm. almost permanently in the Death Watch. It is purely down to the Death Watch and the Inquisition how long a particular Space Marine you know, providing they don't die, um, stays in the Death Watch. And so they're there to be needed as and when they are. They're sort of, you know, similar to, you know, the other ones like, like, like the Grey Knights, for example, who obviously deal with Demon Hunters. They're like the Xenos version of the, of the Grey Knights. Um, They dress in a, or well, they paint their armor as to say in all black um they do on their left shoulder have the chapter symbol of whichever chapter they're from and their left one will have the death watch yeah. shoulder pad which and looks really got, cool um,
1: they've got a silver left arm generally
0: yes usually yes yeah. to sort of signify they're part of the of the death watch um that's quite also quite cool about them is mm. they have different types of weaponry. They're not always using mm. the standard space marine weaponry, and sometimes they're using actual xenos weaponry as yeah. either for, to test them or to use them for their advantage. Um, and they do tend to work in in sort of strike. Well, they're called kill teams, but they're sort of mm. they're not about waging massive war. They're about no. getting in, getting the job done. You know, in a small team, and you know, helping defend the Imperium. Okay. Uh, anything else I've missed on that, Cameron? <laughs> um, yeah, uh, <laughs> the general are, gist of them.
1: They, they are requisitioned for however long they're needed, but when they or rather, if they get to leave the Death Watch, uh, they get to mm-hmm. go back to their chapter and they get to keep that shiny special Death Watch shoulder pad to show that they've yes, done they their do. time. Uh, exactly, yes. Good which point. is fun. Uh, I, I'd probably put a couple of those on some veteran Marines <laughs> yeah. when I put some Marines together. Uh,
0: <laughs> Absolutely. And also they um they don't talk about what they've done oh. as well. Even their even even their chapter master can mm-hmm. isn't supposed to like push and no. say like what what have you been doing for the last couple of years? It's very very it's like being part of the secret service. Yeah. <laughs> you well, they're, of, you know.
1: they're linked to the Inquisition, even if it's only yes. nominally like the Inquisition likes to keep secrets. The Inquisition doesn't exactly. want everyone having poisonous bolt rounds, I guess.
2: No. <laughs>
1: so
0: Exactly, so they're they're really cool Marines because they're they're hard, they're really skilled, and they get to use really cool gear. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. they are a very cool force. So we won't call them a chapter because they're not. Um, yeah. I mean, basically they were created as well to because the Imperium realised that they were having trouble with some of these Xenos forces, especially um, the Beast, which was an Orc mm. uh, war yeah. boss that caused a lot of problems. If you, it's part of the um, oh, what's the name? Is it the Beast arises? um yeah yeah Black I Library. Really need to read I've yes so i must get back to reading it. those yeah so <laughs> so yeah so it's based off the back of that where they realize look at the end of the day a death watch team could have solved a lot of problems so so in some ways they're assassins to a degree depending mm. on it depends on the mission they're doing uh or they yeah. or sometimes it's not always to fight sometimes it's to requisition xenos weaponry or yeah. you know because yeah. often the adeptus mechanicus are like want to know (laughs) like oh what can we use that for (laughs) a bit of necron so exactly so you know they're they're quite a a flexible um, space marine force depending on what um, the situation arises
1: they're space marine special forces which you know space marines are already special forces so they're special forces special forces
0: and this is where and this is where we get very things get quite confusing. You've got Space Marines which are special. You've got the Deathwatch that are very special. Grey Knights mm. are special at what they do. And yep. I got the Primaris Marines which are special mm. because they're sort yeah. of. And then you've got the Adeptus Custodes that I know they're oh. not technically Space Marines but they're <laughs> elite of the elite as well. Now this oh, is where bad. things get quite confusing. <laughs>
1: small, small side tangent. I saw an amazing Adeptus Custodes conversion the other day. With pe- with purple. Which, is it purple? uh it wasn't it sorry, was not purple it was oh, not right, purple sorry, because so. he was oiled up and glistening and, and armorless for the most part uh they uh oh. at jojo style uh adeptus custodes i think was the inspiration
0: nice
1: um, they, they use the Kyric acolyte parts from fantasy oh not from fan from age of sigmar i think but it's mm-hmm. yeah it's just the helmet the arm guards and the shin guards and then just this ripped muscle body, <laughs> just like that's a oh, very wow, that cool Really shows off how tank they are.
0: <laughs> Sorry, I I, I, well, I thought you may have seen because I saw it on Reddit earlier. There's um, mm. someone who did a uh, Empress chil- Children color scheme for the uh, Adeptus Casodi, yeah. so they're in gold and purple, and it looks amazing. I did see that too. It does
1: look yeah. beautiful. Yes, it's not heretical. <laughs>
0: yeah not yes <laughs> no heresy here um <laughs> nothing to see here move along <laughs> nothing to see <laughs> so yeah so that's basically the death watch so um so like i said at the moment in the lore and mm. in the actual tabletop game as well yeah. um they don't have primaris marines yet yes. or maybe you know, depending on obviously if things change so uh, obviously from the uh from the game point of view um hopefully sometime this year there'll be a Deathwatch new death watch codex so mm. that may yeah. bring them in at the moment you can have the if you if you are a death watch player you can have them as allies yeah um uh, so but you can't they're not directly part of the you know the main mm. force so yeah yeah and, unless things change obviously unless um things change. and yeah exactly and obviously a part of the law we've not you know there's nothing being said about them joining mm. but then at the moment we don't know if there's no reason why they can't join so yeah um so we've sort of thought you know our own sort of thoughts on this you know sort of reasons for and against um yeah yeah so if we do the reasons, reasons for, for yeah okay so Karen, okay. what's what's your sort of first reason why why do you think they can have them
1: um Bigger, stronger, faster, tougher. Yeah. Yep. There's that whole thing where you know, out of a hundred people, none of them may be fit to be a space marine. Out of a hundred space marines, one might be fit to be for the Death Watch. The Primaris mm-hmm. sit above that bar because they're already so much physically enhanced. You know, they're they're literally bigger, faster, stronger, tougher, uh, both in game and in law. Um, although I feel that the tabletop discrepancy is actually bigger than the in-law discrepancy between Primaris mm-hmm. and normal marine strength ones, once, which is interesting. Like, in yep, the law I feel a like Primaris that. is like, a bit better, not massively better. You know, they are obviously yep. tougher, they've got some improvements, but overall they are just a slightly tougher space marine in the game. They are much better space marines uh, yes. from a pure stat yep. standpoint. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that is the biggest reason for is because they clear the physical bar pretty much immediately. Uh, they, yeah, they are they are already qualified as far as like you know grip strength, ca- uh, how much they can lift and carry, how long they can go without sleep, how fast they can go without sleep for long periods of time, things like that. You know they they are up there physically as mm-hmm. by space marine standards. Uh, that would be my main reason for why yeah, they should I'm, be in the death yeah. watch. Yeah, I
0: agree, and that was that was my first reason, because I put up at best of the best. I mean, ultimately, <laughs> if the Death Watch are the best of the best from a Marine point of view, Primaris mm. are supposed to be the better type of Marine, so it's an obvious choice for, yeah. you know, for yeah. them to be there. So, yep, yeah, I wouldn't disagree with that. Um, my next one, um, is I put... Uh, this is no particular order either. Um, could see them become the Death Watch full-time. Now, what I yeah. meant by this is that, obviously, at the moment, Primaris Marines are being churned out to support the current main chapters of space marines and i can i could see a point where they where apart from the odd veteran and the odd leader ultimately they could make them all primaris marines because i just think Mm. why not i mean obviously it depends obviously how how quickly they can churn them out but yeah yeah i i could see them being the default death watch
1: and that is a thing as well the primaris program can be done retroactively as well you can yes. already be a space marine and then be upgraded it's a little yeah. more risky and it takes a little longer than making yep. uh just than just halfway through the regular space marine putting three more organs and going ah oh, he's done uh <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's it's totally doable which is cool and it'd be a a very good upgrade to the standing forces of the death watch like you know who doesn't want their leaders to be stronger and faster and tougher it means they're less yep. likely to be taken out, which means chain of command is kept, which means the death watch mission is more likely to be a success. Stuff yeah. like that.
2: Definitely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Screw that. Cool. All right. Um. What's your next reason? Uh,
1: sure. this this is probably only other reason for, but um, purity. They are so pure yep. and importantly <laughs> genetically stable looking yep. at no one in particular as i glare at the space walls and the and the blood angels and various others in the room <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes do you know what's not going to happen halfway through combat your primaris death Wars marine isn't going to turn into a werewolf <laughs> yes he's not going and to go lose his mind and start insane, killing his yeah. friends yeah yes <laughs> exactly
0: um yeah the, yeah, the no, high I, genetic
1: I, I... stability is a big
0: Plus, big plus for them as well, yeah. Massively, yeah. Well, like you said, at the end of the day, they, they've got to be reliable in normal Space Marine chapters, but especially in Death mm. Watch, where you've got very specialist teams with yeah. special, you know, arguably more important... Um, operations and missions compared mm. to normal marines so they have to be reliable um yeah so yeah less mutation is <laughs> less mutation less hassle
1: <laughs> yeah exactly. that's gonna be the slogan <laughs> Look, so yeah height, um, we don't want to fit any of those therianthropic uh armor leg leg armors for anyone you know those weird yeah. backwards bending knees that the wolf and sometimes get. Yeah, it's exactly. it's hard to recalibrate the power armor to work that way you know it's just yeah, extra absolutely <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: so, yeah, so do you say you know is that all the reason the main reasons you got for those for... are
1: my my main my main reasons for are uh, they are literally physically just straight up better to a degree yeah but the, mm-hmm. i i I would imagine there are regular space marines who are on par with a primaris marine physically, but they don't have mm. the special glands and uh, other organs which would still give the primaris a slight edge. And yeah. yeah, they are incredibly stable, so you know exactly what you are getting, and you don't have to deal yeah. with any problems that can arise from a particular chapter's own sort of gene seed problems issues.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I mean for me, they were the main couple of reasons I put. I've put a couple mm. more yeah, lesser reasons, it. but you know, I'll just add them anyway. Um, yeah, right so on yeah, I'll put less me. Mut- yeah let's do it (laughs) uh so less yeah less mutation more reliable marines i've put new blood i.e. they're not burdened Mm. you know i the you know they're sort of part of the purity side of things because generally Mm. they're a newer type of marine they're Uh, sort of less prone to things that have happened in the past i know obviously with marines that doesn't often mean anything but you know they they're they're sort of (laughs) i don't know i don't think it'd be a massive uh, reason why it
1: could be like um for example were you to have a Dark Angels and a Space Wolf Death Watch on the same team, they would want to do a duel at the start of every mission? Yes. Which would be, like, that just eats up time. And, you know, half the time, time one of your operatives gets injured before the mission starts. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. "Eh, I don't know about that.
0: (laughs) I mean, it's a common theme with this. It's all about reliability. Yeah, (laughs) I think that's what we're heading towards. Um, You've got, again, part of the same thing that we've spoke about not at mm. the moment <clears throat> none have turned to chaos as yet, yet. so yet <laughs> come on <RMR. laughs> as, yeah.
1: you can do it yeah it's gonna uh, <laughs> give us the well, chaos front it's, it's gonna it's
0: gonna happen yeah um, but yeah at the moment none have turned to chaos so therefore again more a more reliable type of marine so mm. That's yeah. again another plus point. Um, I've also put new weaponry promotes flexibility. Obviously, at the moment, the Primaris Marines use different type of weaponry, weaponry compared to normal Marines. Um, yeah. So, if the again, this is a big if, but if the Death Watch were willing to accept this new type of weaponry, hmm. then that's a good thing. Just adds to the war gear that they've already got. You know, yeah. for example, you've got Hellblaster squads which use uh plasma weaponry which doesn't overheat yeah. which is again yeah. is a good thing to have in a when you're in as part of a small kill team you know yeah. you don't want a weapon overheating in the heat of the moment so
1: your own guys. yeah exactly <laughs> so
0: that's good and i put the last thing which is part of the same thing is the is it i, I presume you play some Riva as opposed to Reaver uh, squads.
1: I, I would have said reaver but they could be right yeah. or something yeah i, I, know. I don't
0: know let's call them reaver because that sounds better so the yeah. reaver squads uh Again, up to me, are perfect for stealth mm. missions. You know, it's yeah. they've got they've got armor which barely makes a sound, you yeah. know, compared to normal yeah. armor. So again, to me, they're an obvious choice for a lot of these, uh, you know, assassination stealth stealth missions. Yeah. So definitely. yeah, so that's to me, that's you know, along with your points, mm. I can see a solid reason why they should have them. But, yeah. uh, but there's always two reason. sides to. That's yeah. early, but there's always two sides to every story. <laughs> so, um, on the no side, what's your sort of first reason?
1: Uh, I'm looking at their CV here, and it says they don't have enough work experience for this job. Um, that's that's
0: my first one, lack of experience. Yeah, I know. Um, so, so, a
1: Primaris Marine, you know, he wakes up, he's been in a pod for up to 10,000 years. Do you know what he's yep. not been doing? He's not been Fight killing aliens. He's not been killing aliens. <laughs> I, look at, I no. look at his CV, there's no Dead Hive Tyrants, there's no Orc Warboss skulls nope. in his bedroom, you know, nothing like yeah. that. He's not... Yeah. He's, he's got he's a very just, clean pod. Yeah, he's been living, you
0: know, pot. it's all...
2: Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah no, that, that's the thing. Um, a lot of members of the Death Watch are recruited for specialty knowledge. Like, you yes. know, marines that mark themselves out uh, during fights with particular Xenos forces often get seconded to the Death Watch because they go you know exactly what we need to know, so come, join us, teach us, go on a few missions. If you want to, stay. If you need to go back to your chapter, because you're so into your chapter, go back. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh They they simply aren't as experienced as regular marines, on the whole. Yes. Like, there are some Primaris marines who were marines during the Horus Heresy and would have some experience. However, it's also been 10,000 years, your information may be outdated. Uh... <laughs> It's been a long time
0: Yep, yeah, exactly yeah. so no that's a good solid reason uh for a no um my first no which you probably have got on your list yeah. i'd imagine is the unknown origin of them really mm. um they don't have you know the way they're built they you know which is sort of similar to the normal chapters where most, yeah. uh, you know, so far all the chapters have accepted any they've been given, but obviously there's probably a few Marines are like, mm, I'm not sure about uh. these. You know, you're introducing <laughs> Marines which were, you know, which are brand new that weren't part of your <laughs> thing. So
1: sorry, I just had a great image in my head with it's the Sons of the Phoenix, right? Everyone's suspicious. Right. We all know they're made with Fulgrim's gene seed. We're just going to yeah. say it out here. Let's say it out can here. You, can you just imagine like the Sons of the Phoenix working with another chapter and like their librarian looking in a book like about the Horace Harris like, oh look at this picture of Fulgrim. That looks like Brother Sergeant Timaeo. from the <laughs> <laughs>
2: looks looks yeah. at the page,
1: looks up at the looks up at the Sons of the Phoenix Sergeant, looks down at the page, like hmm <laughs> Wait a minute <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
0: Exactly, and that and that's the thing. Yeah, you know, it it could easily c- cause unrest in the day. De- I mean, it can cause unrest in any chapter because of their unknown origins, but especially in a in a in a force that's obviously been working together for a long time, or yeah. you know, and yeah. such like. So yeah, I can see them being quite mistrustful potentially of yeah. uh, these
1: these newcomers, these young yeah upstarts. with their
0: fancy toys. The fancy, fancy toys. clothes actually hold on
1: this is my actual next reason no but it's it this is a pedantic one they're gonna to have to raise the ceiling on every death watch strike cruiser by a foot <laughs> no it's a fair point space is already at a premium when you're building a yeah. spaceship
0: exactly yeah it's no, a lot of money fair to po-
1: refit all those well
0: I, I i it's funny you say that because in my I've, I've done a little section for like neutral just other thoughts mm. that' are not necessarily yes or no but, but having to use death watch armor fitting a disadvantage because obviously they've got oh, bigger armor yeah. than yeah. you know they're using mark 10 power armor so would they have to then make big bigger shoulder pads and yeah and you know, they, it's just pads. I know yeah <laughs> they'd have to sort of you know morph the armor to sort in of, the weaponry to sort of fit around them because of how bigger they are so yeah yeah it's yeah. a fair point it's, it's something that, another consideration mm. yeah you know, now
1: yeah. My actual no is this. they too <sighs> pure, damn it All this genetic oh, stability yeah. is killing diversity in the Death Watch.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you should be on that soapbox now, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a fair point because ultimately it's all part of the lack of experience. But, you know, ultimately, mm. if they've not seen as much and have not been through as much, then their purity, you know, are they too much of a blank canvas?
1: Yeah. You know? Well, that's the Obviously. thing as well. Like certain chapters are recruited because they have physical specialities that other chapters don't. You want a space yeah. wolf because they are generally a bit faster and they can track mm. a bit better and things like that. You know, you want a blood angel because sometimes you just need to put a guy in the guy in a room with a chainsaw close a door yeah. and wait 10 seconds.
0: 10? <laughs> <laughs> <Ten? laughs> <Yeah>, two. That's <laughs> him <was giving> two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but you know, it's a fair point. No, I think it's a very fair point. And, yeah. uh, It's yeah, it could be where between those sort of moments, which are literally life and death or Mm. they may not, you know, I mean, I'm not saying they wouldn't get the job done, but it's, you know, it's always going to be a consideration. Um, Mm. What else I put? Yeah, my next no point is, would it be more important for them to be deployed amongst the standard chapters? Uh, What's more important that at the moment, there's only so many primary means they're sort of Mm. trying to backfill. Uh, the holes in the normal chapters, but yeah, you know, yeah. one could argue, shouldn't they go? To, you know, the, uh, not the Death Watch aren't important, but the main mm. chapters are doing the bulk of the work out there. So, should yeah. the Primarchs means go towards them as a priority? Mm, mm. You know, it's another, yeah. another thought. Um, uh, any, I do. Any other I thoughts? I do have another one. <laughs> oh yeah, what have you, what have you
1: got? Um, They're too specialized. Damn it, They don't know how to use anything except hellblasters and regular bolt. <laughs> <laughs> and okay, uh,
0: again i've put i put that as well but it could be yeah. a waste of testing well but could be a waste of testing xenos weapons but you know again yeah, they're not yeah. used to using those sort of weapons really yeah so, well yeah, that's
1: yeah. this is also a complaint in the community is people complain because primaris units generally only have one or two options on the tabletop mm. you know yep. they can be armed with this or this their sergeant can be armed exactly like this no other way yeah People like, why can't they use anything else? I'm like, they're un- they're inexperienced. They only know how to use this one thing. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> Even if it is efficient, it does. Yeah. Have you ever it, seen
1: it, a Primaris it, it, with a heavy bolter? I haven't.
0: <laughs> no. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it, yeah. No. It's funny because it's now leaning me towards which way I want to go with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, that's that's the nature of a debate. <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
0: It's. Um, yeah. I mean, do you have any more no reasons? Um, so I think that's pretty much most of mine
1: uh, I mean expenses on black paint because you can't the, <laughs> the, Death, the Death Watch yeah. obviously doesn't yeah. have their own suits of Mark 10 armor so the Primaris have to bring their own Mark 10 armor over and then you're spending money on paint <laughs> <laughs>
0: See, we're just thinking of the costs well you know <laughs> you know
1: how much a single can of Chaos Black Spray costs exactly how much do you oh, need to cover how much a, on the marine? Yeah. yeah exactly god I to <laughs> think <laughs> <laughs>
0: cool okay um yeah yeah so i think that's sort of most of the reasons which let's be honest it's mm. played out how i thought it would where we got yeah. similar reasons um so mm. what what's your overall thought is is it yes or no would you say my
1: overall thought is yes they could have Primaris marines but they should not until those primary marines get 10 more years of work experience in the relevant. yeah
0: field. <laughs> yeah <laughs> um i would Without sounding boring, I would agree with you on that. I think that's how I, yeah. I've throughout this when I was doing my notes for this. I've I've leaned towards mm. yes because I think realistically they're going to offer more oh, yeah. than they are going to take away. But yeah. I think with a caveat that when they've they they've been around longer, so they so we yeah. can prove that a that a they're not going to turn or you know the because again because they're still new that make mm. sure nothing weird's going to happen, but B, also that they get the experience they're going to need to be part of it. But I yeah. don't see why eventually long-term they can't be part of it. There's just no oh. reason why not, I'd say. Yeah, no. Say.
1: Look, I'm going to do some Primaris up. At least one of them's going to have a Death Watch shoulder pad. Just, Absolutely. just as a shout-out to you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, yeah, so here on Realm and, Ru- and Ruin, we've uh, concluded that, uh, yeah, you need, they need uh, Primaris Marines, but not yet. Not yet. <laughs> in the future another 100 so,
1: another yes. years of war and then yes. you can go play with the devil we'll, then
0: we'll let them
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> awesome no that was cool yeah. I enjoyed that so yeah so Excellent. that's um, our our little uh, discussion um, so yeah I think that's going to be it for this first main episode I think we've uh, mm. we've spoken enough <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> it's
0: gone yeah. on a bit longer than we thought but that's a good thing because there's been plenty to talk about um, so we'll just wrap up with a bit of admin and and such mm. like um so yeah so thanks for very much for listening to this episode um like i said we're going to try and get the and our episodes out every about every two weeks sort of fortnightly mm. really because just because yeah. it will give us time to because of other commitments and and obviously having stuff to talk about um but like i said every episode will generally have this sort of format where we'll do what you know what we've been working on anything in the news we'll have we'll talk about something that's just recently come out like in this case it was the importance but obviously realistically mm. probably next episode i imagine we'll be talking about the daughters of Cain in more daughters detail uh, yes um, murder elves <laughs> um and then and then we'll finish with a discussion point like we did with this uh, death watch yeah. primaris marines uh, mm. conversation um so yeah off the back of that um if you have any ideas or any suggestions you'd like us to talk about we have had a few mm. suggestions already from people which is fantastic um best ways of doing it is talking to us on twitter which is mm-hmm, at mm-hmm. realm and ruin um or you've got our facebook which is facebook.com slash realm and ruin um i must admit i need to give a bit more love to our facebook page it's a bit <laughs> lacking at the moment but yeah. that's probably that's probably because we we uh, inhabit twitter more than facebook yeah uh, or the other main way you can do it is if you go to realmandruin.com our website go to the contact page where you can leave a message and just say look you know have you thought about covering this i would like to see this or mm, if you have got any feedback yeah. it's always welcome to hear it um yeah. talking Did we feedback have any other feedback yeah <laughs> um yeah, n- not directly it, like i said we had, we had that feedback from andrew at the start um mm. that i mentioned um and we like i said we've had a few suggestions which you know for for future episodes but yeah. we'll, we'll we'll wait for those when we've uh, decided what we're going to do on 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 those episodes um yeah. And obviously, talking about feedback, uh, if you are happy to, if you'd like to give us a review on iTunes, uh, just find us under Realm and Ruin on there. That would be fantastic. It just promotes the website. Or even if you're just able to retweet us um, Mm -hmm. or anything like that, just, you know, just anyone that you feel may be interested in what we talk about, um, it'd be fantastic. Because, you know, the more people we get to listen, the more ideas we get given, the more we can talk about and We can get a nice little community going here, hopefully. Um,
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. and talking of things like Twitter, where can people find you, Cameron?
1: Uh, you can find me on Twitter at night underscore twitten. Uh, that's night without a K. Uh, it's a joke about how Australians are always online at times that <laughs> Americans consider the night. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, drop me a message. Just randomly start adding me. You know, I'm, I'm always happy to talk uh, to people, especially if it's talking hobby. Because absolutely,
0: absolutely. Um, and like my, like Cameron I frequent uh, Twitter a lot as well which is, and you can find me on at NinjaBadger7, the 7, number 7 again, same, like to talk throw suggestions, hobby pictures, mm. that'd be all appreciated um, yes. so yeah, that's been the first episode uh, thank you very much for listening and this has been uh, Realm and Ruin thank you very much
1: thank you